heard here. Okay, that's working. Good. Uh, anyone out there uh, listening to us on the stream, please make sure we have a backup recording, because you never know. <coughs> a small production notice here. Uh, you hear the fat lady, uh, John? Do you hear what? You hear the fat bitch? Yeah, that's why I was playing my 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 uh, slide whistle. You know okay. I mean? uh, yeah, I heard John. Yeah, maybe you're just doing that of your own accord. I don't know. I'm crazy. Hell yeah. Ha 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 ha. Uh, so once again, we're at about 400 kilobits up, 400 kilobits down. Yeah, well, I can barely. You're breaking up constantly. You know what? You don't need to hear me. I have nothing important to say. You know, people keep telling... Whoa! <laughs> people keep telling us there's something special we have to do with, like, locking some port down or something on Skype when we do this, and I never really understand what I'm supposed to do. They, they, you people need to give you step-by-step. Step. Yeah. Well, I can't really jack into this router here, so if I have to close some ports here, that's just not possible. Anyway. It is what it is. Yeah, you got enough bandwidth. It should be better. No, I don't really have enough bandwidth. You only need 50 kilobits on, a, on Skype. Well, it also depends on the, uh... Cinco de Mayo! Shit. Missed it. Ha! <laughs> you distracted me! Good. It also depends on the, uh, the number of hops and stuff like that. Ha 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 ha! Did you listen to the last show? I listened to the last show. Yeah. No. no. I, I was on it. No. I was on the last show. Yes, I remember that part. I was just wondering because at the near the um, the second half of the show, I enabled the noise gate because there was no more wind, and I thought it sounds. Be I think it sounds better when you don't hear the background when it's just us. Just wondering if you had an opinion. Okay. But it won't make any difference now, will it? It doesn't sound like it's going to make a lot of difference. <laughs> right. like it where half the chat room says they're sparking up a bowl, the other half says they just took some magic mushrooms. People get really ready for the show, don't they? <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, just they forget to donate. That's the problem. No loving today.
For those of you um, expecting to hear a snappy opening on the show, uh, this is one of those remote location shows. So we just start recording somewhere during Le Bishfat, and you just have to live with it. Sometimes people like that, so this is what you're normally missing. Whoa! Whoa! Save the cargo, Captain Baines! This is what you're normally missing uh, during the pre-stream of the program. Yes, QWERTY, indeed. I know that the listeners can't afford to donate because they're spending it all on LSD. I'm quite aware. It's okay. Okay, hit it. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Thursday, January 26, 2012. Time for your Gibbo Nation Media Assassination Episode 377. This is No Agenda. Off the market and coming to you from the diver's paradise of Bonaire, the Netherlands Antilles, just 60 clicks north of Hugo Chavez's presidential studios in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where all we can do here is hope to God he never goes back to Bonaire. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. What's that supposed to mean? I mean, it's, it's, it's a free vacation. It's important. You know, it's a, we can't afford an expensive vacation with real bandwidth anywhere. So this is we get what we can take. We take what we can get. Why don't you do some political activity while you're there and get the connection to be improved? Well, I've got the fiber in the ground. It's just uh, there's no one here. That, it's, no one cares. Fiber in, fiber in the ground. <laughs> fiber in the ground. Boots on the ground. Feet's in the airs. Anyway, in the morning to you there. Uh, in the morning Claude. to you, Adam Curran. In the morning, all ships at sea in boots on the ground. Hey, please don't talk so loud because you're overmodulated. Kill Skype. In the morning, everybody, especially uh, those of you in the chat room, uh, all the human resources all charged up and ready to go just the way your government loves you. It's uh, good to see you all there. We have a full quorum, noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. Uh, once again, coming to you from the uh, Caribbean island of Bonaire, where uh, the Earth has determined that it is just going to rain forever. So I was uh, watching one of these shows on the Travel Channel. Yeah. On secret places, and apparently there's a secret best place in the world on Bonaire. It's a and it's on an obscure beach on the other side of one of the islands. Nobody ever goes to it. No, there's only one beach, and everyone goes there. <laughs> that's, that's not what they told me. Yeah, no, there is no, there is something called Little Bonaire, which is um, just off the coast, and it's its own little island, and that is the place where you want to go scuba diving, which we just haven't been able to do. It, it's been raining. We uh-huh. had we had one. It's a message from God. Yeah, we had one beautiful sunset, and that was the day before yesterday. I know you got the email, John. Uh, did yeah. you get, did you got the email? Well, well, you sent me a bunch of email, but which one are you talking about specifically? No, the one that Mickey sent you. Oh. <laughs> you didn't, did you know that I asked her to marry me? Oh, yeah. No, everybody knows. Yeah, well, we sent, you know, we sent our friends, quote, air quotes. Uh, oh, I, I found out about it from my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 
Yeah, she found out about it from Facebook. Yeah. She, and apparently everybody at the office found out about it on Twitter. I was actually the last guy to find <laughs> out about it. We, just because just you don't open up your email or went to spam or something like that. I have nothing to do with that. That's not my fault. But you want to know the funny thing? So... Um, just say yes. Of course, you want another fun. Yeah, thing. yeah, right. Yeah. So I, so I, I take Mickey up to this uh, the Cerro Largo, which is this, uh, you know, it's the big mountain. It's uh, the tallest point uh, in Bonaire, where they have a nice little. Uh, there's a little. Ch- there used to be a, a statue of Maria up there, but I think she kept. They kept stealing the statue, so they just put a big M with a little crown on it, which is nice because, of course, M also stands for Mickey. And I take her up there, you know, it's like, hey, under the ruse of let's go. Hey, there's one sunset during this whole week that we're here. Let's go take some pictures. And I couldn't believe she actually fell for it because, you know, and I drove to it in one go, which I'd rehearsed okay. previously. You know, she, she should have known something was up right then. Like, wait a minute. Adam never can find uh, his way on the ground. How, how the hell does he know how to get to this place? So check this out, though. This is this is a no agenda woman. So, uh, blah, 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 you know, I fall on my knees and I say, will you marry me? And she says, that's a great question. She does? That's yeah. funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes. Did you yell at her? That's said, not, that's a, great not a great question. question. It's just a regular ass question. <laughs> she was ready for it. She'd been preparing for weeks. She's like, I was ready for that. That's funny. Yeah. So I that's very funny. Yeah. So I'm looking at my email box. There is nothing from Mickey since December 24th, 2011, and there's nothing in the spam box. She never mailed me. She did. Oh, well, I was here when she emailed you. Well, you got it dropped off the face of the earth of whatever happened, or uh, maybe well, the, one of the intelligence agencies grabbed it and then tweeted it out. Well, we'll, uh, we'll make sure we resend and make sure everything went to the proper address. Um, anyway. So, and, uh, but I have to say thank you so much to uh, all of the No Agenda producers because we don't really have a big family. Uh, but that, of course, is not true because the No Agenda family is ginormous. It was so nice to get all the responses and emails and tweets. And, oh, you, can, you, can, you, you can immediately do me a favor as a um, pre-wedding gift. <laughs> I have to do you, you a favor? say ginormous. <laughs> That's a phrase that was, I think, popularized by Rachel Maddow. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, I've been indoctrinated. I'll never say it again. But it was big. It was a big response. That was really nice. Well, that's very sweet. Yeah. So uh, there well, you go. It's not bad. That's a good time to do it. You know, you're on some desolate island out in the middle of nowhere with no connectivity, and uh, you get a sunset that you can finally live with, and you, that's, you might as well. Yeah. Well, the whole idea was to propose to her here on the island. That's why I emailed Oh, so Le- it was a scheme from the get-go. Yes. That's why I emailed Lex Luthor and said, can we uh, stay at the lair? And uh, initially he said, well, we got other people here. And I said, well, I want to propose to Mickey and two days later. All right. Come on the 21st. All right, what can I say? Damn ah, it. Crap. All right. All right. Come over then. So, uh, but it's been, but the weather here, literally since we were here a year and a half ago, it is, the climate has changed and it just rains uh, <laughs> off and on every single day. It's just raining. It, the it's island a cycle. is, it, yeah, it's, yeah, well, I don't know if it, yeah, it's an earth cycle. It may be raining here for the next uh, 50 years. Who knows? Global it's warming, my like friend. 11. Yeah, global warming. Yeah, it's global warming. That's get, what it get is. Get used to get it. Get used to the global warming. Anyway, uh, I have still, of course, found time to fight evil. I'm sure you have as well. Uh, of course, it was the evening. My timing was impeccable. The uh, 
the evening of uh, of my proposal was uh, the State of the Union. Uh, Obama's State of the Union. And uh, I was able to uh, to stay awake for uh, just... About, and all I really cared about, I know we didn't have C-SPAN or anything here, so I was... There's like some NBC kind of affiliate. I guess it comes in from, I don't know, Miami or something. And so, you know, all I care about is to see the walk in and see, you know, what people are wearing. You know, we're television producers. And Ladies boy, and gentlemen, the President of the United States. <laughs> Did you see Hillary wearing all black? Quite a departure. She didn't seem... She had a... She, she, looked, she didn't look good. No, she looked pretty uh, unhappy, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and while uh, the president was saying uh, to Panetta there, good job, good work tonight, good job, good job, and I immediately knew something was up. I'm like, okay. Oh, whoa, whoa. Sorry, a little bit of wind here. I immediately knew something was up, which, of course, came out later, which we definitely have to discuss. But this, uh, this State of the Union... Did you? Was there anything that uh, that you noticed during this? Anything that uh, that you? Oh, the anything was- I noticed? Well, there was a blog posting on Dvorak.org slash blog, which uh, people should go check out. Uh, comparing this, of course, this came from the GOP because it was a no-brainer. I have comparing clear. this State of the Union to the 2010 and 2011 State of the Union. Exact same speech, exact same wording. I have the clip. Let's listen. Whether the hard work and industry of our people is rewarded. Where hard work pays off and responsibility is rewarded. Let's fix what needs fixing and let's move forward. Tonight I want to speak about how we move forward. It's time for colleges and universities to get serious about cutting their own costs. Colleges and universities have to do their part by working to keep costs down. And we should continue the work of fixing our broken immigration system. Now I strongly believe that we should take on once and for all the issue of illegal immigration. I believe as strongly as ever that we should take on illegal immigration. And let's stop expelling talented, responsible young people. Let's at least agree to stop expelling responsible young people who could be staffing our research labs or starting a new business, who want to staff our labs, start new businesses. We'll put more Americans to work repairing crumbling roads and bridges. So much of America needs to be rebuilt. We've got crumbling roads and bridges. We face a deficit of trust. I've talked tonight about the deficit of trust. We can't wage a perpetual campaign. We need to end the notion that the two parties must be locked in a perpetual campaign. We should give them a government that's more competent and more efficient. We should all want a smarter, more effective government. I have to say, that was pretty good that they, they threw that together so quickly. The uh, Republican <laughs> Party. I thought that was good. They put that little ominous music behind it, you know, and uh, it's better actually when you see the video because they have the they show the dates, the years, 2010, 2011, yeah, they 2012. Show. Well, actually, if you wanted to take it one step further, if they wanted to put more time into it, they could take all those stump speeches he's done recently, and, and they, you hear the same things. It's almost as though Obama, it was like that bad dream that college students have where you wake up and you realize that you've taken a class you've never attended, and today's <laughs> the days of the final. Right. So this is Obama waking up and saying, oh my God, I haven't written a, a State of the Union speech and I'm scheduled to give one. It's interesting because if you and look, so- I was going to say, if you look at uh, WhiteHouse.gov, I don't have a clip of it, but they did one of those West Wing Week episodes, you know, his uh, reality show, and it was behind the scenes of the writing of it. And they got the speech writers and all his superior, supreme uh, advisors and all like, yeah, and the president's really involved and they have, you know, cut to scene of the president going, Hey, I really want this in there. 
it's, it's hilarious. It's like it's worse reality television than reality television. Well, it seems as though somebody said this speech stinks. Let's do an old speech. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, there was one thing that caught my uh, caught my attention. I went, whoa, and I looked into it, and I was like, and I went, whoa, whoa. In a time when Americans owe more intuition debt than credit card debt, this Congress needs to stop the interest rates on student loans from doubling in July. Whoa. Did you know this? No, that's funny. Well, it's not that funny, because in July... now well, I mean, it's not funny at all, but it's funny. Well, what's happening is apparently in 2007... They had some kind of provision that uh, that set the interest rates for student loans at three point four percent for for subsequent years two thousand eight two thousand nine two thousand ten and two thousand eleven and in July of two thousand twelve although there's no stipulation for um, for what the interest rate should be on student loans everyone has now agreed they are going to six point eight hmm. which of course is I mean it's outrageous. And this yeah. is this is going to be this is going to be another crisis on our hands, which I think he just kind of slipped in there, and no one knew about it. And I went to go look. I'm like, oh, let me. In in order to understand uh, student loan finances, you have to have a college degree. This is it, it's crazy. I mean, it's it, you know it's all based on the the T bills and uh, you know LIBOR and all. it's like uh, how can you understand any of this stuff? The joke of it is is that Bernanke yesterday, or yeah no I think it was yesterday had a press conference and he essentially said we're going to have zero interest rates zero to some minor number right uh, until 2014 which means he doesn't see anything changing until 2014 and with that kind of free money why are kids paying six percent? Yeah, because if if you well, if you're a bank, no, if you put your money in the bank, what do you get now? Zero point one percent, if that. Yeah. Yeah, the banks get all this free money, but then how, how do they come up with with six uh, percent, six almost seven percent interest rate for student loans? That's a, it's like dangerous. No one can afford that, and people can't afford their student loans as is. This is like. The mortgage crisis, where all of a sudden, oh, well, you should have read the fine print. They're going to double in July 2012. <laughs> well, the uh, the comment that he made was that there's more student loans outstanding than what something, uh, credit card debt, I guess. Right. No, I mean, we, that's, we that's know this. Not, we, that doesn't sound good. No, but we, we've discussed this, and we know this, but I didn't know that the, that, they were gonna, that the student loan rates are going to double. And by the way, they don't have to double. There's no rule that says they're going to double. They're just not set by... Uh, by law, so they can easily just pass a law. No, that says, it's, a, it's an out-and-out gouge. They, yeah. they, they obviously, the student loan program has been taken up by payday loans or one of these guys. Super scam. I was just like, wow, are you kidding me? So you watch. That'll be the next, That'll be a whole mini-series in our reality show, which is our United States Gitmo Nation politics. We're going to go through this whole rigmarole. Like, well, it's it's yeah. going to finally get maybe attack. Maybe the students will get a clue and stop voting for this guy. <sighs> no, no, no. Because of course we can't wait, and he'll fix it by some executive order at the very last minute, and then he'll be the hero. Which of course he was the hero. What? What? What, what is this? TC SEAL Team Six rescue mission. Why do they have to always do these during a State of the Union? Is it like? They have to have something else to talk about the next day. Is that why they do it? And what kind of bull crap was this? Well, I'd like to know 
Do you remember this? Many of the members of the SEAL Team Six that supposedly they were uh, took dead. Out they, a, they were all killed. Were dead. Now they're alive again. Because <laughs> I heard, at least on two of the news channels, that this was the exact same team that took out Osama. It's funny. I some for some reason I don't think I got the clip. I uh, Shep Smith. Damn, I can't believe I missed that clip. Shep Smith was on Fox, which he's always on, of course, and he said. The same team that captured Osama bin Laden, which I thought was an interesting... Uh, oh, really? Yeah, God, I, that would have been clip of the day. I'm such a... I don't know. I forget, somehow I missed it. I can't see it in my lineup. I was like, whoa, okay. And it, But it was a repeat of the previous Oops. year. Then we get uh, Joe O'Biden on uh, the compromised ABC News with George Stephanopoulos. Well, the Pentagon's going to debrief this morning, but I can tell you that... Uh uh, the president personally authorized this. Uh, we have our special operations forces. I'm not going to go into more detail. Than that. No, don't go into more detail. Matt, who are, by the way, the most incredible warriors this world has ever seen. They said it was the time, the opportunity. Jessica's health was, uh, was they worried, was failing. And uh, they, they concluded they should go at this time. The president gave the go. And it was, uh, again, they also rescued a Danish uh, aid worker. This was a Danish demining operation she was working with. Uh, and uh, the president had the great privilege of being able to call her dad um, to say she was safe once she was uh, out of the country and, and in good hands. But Did you uh, look into this at all, this, uh, this well, well, Jessica Buchanan? Let me ask you one question first. No, I didn't, not to any extent, but because I, I have one basic question. If these two people are kidnapped and they're being held for, I don't know, a year or some dream yeah, months. Yeah, for, a year. Uh, how do they know her health's failing? Unless, you know, how does that work? Do they, well, are they sending out press releases? Are the pirates sending out a press release? Oh, her health's failing? I mean, where did this information come from? Do they have a mole? Well, I mean, the, how's it, how, well, the, the whole doesn't make any sense to no, me. No, the whole story doesn't make sense. And by the way, there's no video of her. Uh, they, they're all using the same black and white picture. When I did a Wikipedia, when I consulted the Book of Knowledge, I come up with Jessica Buchanan. And uh, she is a fictional character, character on the ABC soap opera One Life to Live. I'm like, okay, <laughs> that makes sense. You know, there's like, there's like nothing I could find except, you know, the, the same propaganda over and over again. And apparently they parachuted in. They waited until the guards were stoned because <laughs> they were, you know, smoking quat or whatever. And then they went in and grabbed her and then the helicopters came in and landed and took her away. But of course, the whole thing is, you know, a, a mission from Djibouti which is where the drones operate from. And uh, so that's all fantastic. We need to have Djibouti uh, in, in the right spot. And, of course, there's a connection to Al-Shabaab, which I, I guess is to, uh, to heighten their profile. But there's always an Al-Shabaab connection. Yeah, but they don't really know. I mean, let's which see. It actually used to be a doo-wop group in the 50s. <laughs> I'll give you that one. Um... They're saying, you know, well, we're not quite sure there's a connection to Al-Shabaab, but uh, kind of looks like it. And I don't know, man. This is just the timing of it. You know, the way because I went back, and I looked again when when uh, Obama is. And by the way, it was the uh, gray haired Obama who did the uh, State of the Union. He's the guy that's all chipper. He's all up in chipper. And he, uh, you know, he was like patting uh, Panetta on the, on the shoulder there. And Hillary just like looks off immediately is talking to someone else. Hi, how you doing? Uh, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, she was irritated by it, and I think it's because we know that the Osama bin Laden raid was bullcrap, and this was probably bullcrap too. And this Danish organization, it's very, very weird. They're like, yeah, they, they, they identify landmines, but they also do other things, literally, and they're about, you know, like, oh, we, we clear the way for po- political stuff. <laughs> it's like I don't know, man. It doesn't doesn't it doesn't pass the smell test. I have nothing else than that. <laughs> we'll just let that one slide. Yeah, I think we should take a quick uh, note of our one lone executive producer for this show. Yeah, very disappointing uh, week. I think, uh, associate even is he, uh, is it an executive? No, or? no. The, the highest one that comes in at two hundred. If nobody's higher, then they get the whole. They win. It's like yeah. a, it's like a lottery. Okay. So, Sir, Sir, Sir Dean Bertram from Accra, Ghana. In fact, our, our executive producer today is from Africa. There you go. Here's another 419 Ghana credit donation. Sorry about uh, being a boner over the holiday period, but my junior human resources had expectations. Uh, keep up the good work. Sir Dean in Accra, Ghana. $239.43. And that's 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 it for today's show. Yeah. Um want to thank uh, Sir Dean for uh, for chiming in. And he'll be an executive producer for show 377. Uh, I'm so glad Miss Mickey can't hear this uh, show. Because if she heard that, she'd be like, wait a minute. Some broke guy asked me to marry him? <laughs> this is not good. Yes, we do so, appreciate your donating is uh, is loving uh, on the show, and uh, I don't know what it is, John. Is it the economic crisis that has hit, or is it, I mean, do, do we just suck so bad? I mean, I know I'm. I'm we yeah, got, we'll see when we when you get back to the home base. But, uh, but I want to remind people to go to dvorak.org slash na channel dvorak dot com slash na no agenda show and no agenda nation dot com dvorak.org By the way, we're not the only ones sucking. I'd like to uh, point out that the State of the Union uh, ratings were down 12% from 2011. So someone's head will roll. And, of course, uh, that'll be blamed on uh, using the same script. Yeah, Yeah, and how about a real State of the Union speech instead of a stump speech? Yeah, how about just, you know, things are not good, people. Life sucks. No, it was... uh, and, And... there was all kinds of weirdness going on. Like um, Valerie Jarrett was sitting in uh, in the, the 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 first lady's box, which is a first ever that a that an advisor instead of the yeah uh, eh, what do you call it? Um, they have a bunch of stooges up there. Usually they put the camera on. Yeah, but this was but you know so they had Warren Buffett's secretary, of course, and he referenced that. They had Steve Jobs' widow. Of course, he referenced that. Now, I didn't. Did you? Were there all kinds of shots of these people when he was talking about them? Did you see, like, when he talked about Steve Jobs? Did they do? Did they cut pre-shot. to an insert? Pre-shot. A, a what? A, a what? A pre-shot. A pre-shot. Yeah, they chose Steve Jobs' widow. Yeah, Lorene, and then he talked about Steve Jobs. They oh, show the secretary. Oh, really? Okay. All right, good. And then he'd talk about something. And then sometimes he'd do a reference and then they shoot the guy. But it was right. all... Uh, it was all... It was like coffee television. Like, here's a cup of coffee and then the, the script will be cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No, it was all... It was all... It was so scripted, the uh, sh- the shots yeah. from the pool, yeah. that it was like, at some point, it was it got really annoying. 
because they'd show somebody. And then you know what are showing this person for? And then Obama would mention him. Oh, man. Who directed this thing? I don't know. Ken Ehrlich? Yeah, they should have done no pre-shots. It should have all been... Sh- they Later in the script, they did regular shots. When they should start talking about... This John Stewart had a bit on this. They they uh, uh, they were, were talking about some Jewish thing, and so they shot a couple of uh, one of the congressmen. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. No. no, really? And it was... What's his name? Uh, Lieberman? Uh, no, it wasn't Lieberman. It was uh, the, the guy from New York who talks like, the, you know, this slow-talking guy. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I try oh, to forget. I, I try to forget those guys. Anyway, he's a douchebag. But he, they shot him right. It's like, and Stewart went on and I says he's not the only Jew in Congress. Why are they picking on him? <laughs> so anyway, normally the White House Director of Legislative Affairs, who was responsible for really pushing the president's agenda in Congress, is always in the first lady's box. Not this year. Valerie Jarrett was there, the true president, sitting in the president's box. With her Secret Service detail. Now, it was, it was really weird. You know, I, I just... I get uh, more and more bad, bad vibes about uh, what's, uh, what's really going on. Because, you know, the, the, when, when they get so lazy about the theater that they just are repeating scripts from previous years and, you know, the true power players are sitting around, you just got to wonder, you know, what's, uh, what's coming down the pike. And, and again, the same script... Was it not the last State of the Union where we killed Osama bin Laden? Oh no, wait, that wasn't the State of the Union. It was the, it was the the press corps dinner, right? I don't know which one. Yeah, I, all I know is I keep hearing it. He, this is this is this is his nine eleven. You know, Bush would uh, always bring up nine eleven for right. whatever reason. Right. This guy's going to bring up we killed Osama, and he brings it up right at the beginning and at the end and at the end again. Yeah. yeah. So I. In during the uh, this process and over a number of days, I have determined the uh, and I'm predicting this already. Well, I was oh. predict. I, I have the, already have the evidence. There's nothing to predict. Uh, the the strategy that Obama's using to get reelected oh. and it's creep and it's creeping into the the subconscious mind of the electorate in such a way that people when when I luckily revealing it here will help. All. Listeners spot it every time it happens. But I first ran into it when I did the Generation X3 show with the uh, three people from the office, Eddie, Dorian, and... Uh, yeah, the millen- I can't the, it's, it's the Millennials and <laughs> Me. Just kidding. I, the Millennials and Me is what I call that show. So they brought up the... Um, the uh, I th- I'm not sure if it was on... I think it was Dorian, actually. She, br- she brings up this meme... And uh, it, and I didn't pay much attention to it. I, I, I put it in the back of my mind. I thought it was interesting because the three of them all agreed on the meme. And then they agreed that Ron Paul, they would vote for him. He's the only Republican. They think all the other Republicans are douchebags. They're, there's a millennial group. That's what everybody right. thinks. All right, which is good. Right, which sounds right. right to me. It sounds very And then when I listened to Alec Baldwin oh, no. on Pierce Morgan, and he drops this same meme into the public domain and then i started looking it up and i find a, a video that's done by the obama campaign which which is the meme and let me explain what it is before you I play the clips for uh alec baldwin because this is the way he really he really nails it it goes like this uh 
these Republicans are all douchebags, and Obama hasn't been given the chance to finish the job he started. Right. Yeah. And, yeah he and you need that, to yeah, reelect yeah, no, him. I know so, this. Yeah. Sure. He okay, needs so to right. be finished. But there's a little. But Baldwin has a little extra twist to it. So all three of them agree that they have to reelect uh, Obama so he can finish this lousy job he's doing. So okay, I, I can kind of live with that to a point. So uh, I mean, the thinking. I can see where you can come with that. So I. I found a very interesting video on the, the YouTube, and people can look it up. It's called Half a Haircut. And uh, it shows a guy, and it's supposed to be a hidden camera. And a guy, guy gets a half a haircut, and he says, that's, that's your haircut. He says, ah, you only cut half of my hair. He says, ah, you don't need, look at this half. This half is done. He says, well, you, I want the other half. I want the other half. And then then they have the Obama logo at the end. He needs the other half. Yeah, we only I've, I've got half this. the haircut so far. I've, right? see, I've seen. You know what? Actually, I think Ms. Mickey showed it to me. She thought it was a really funny video until I pointed out to her what was really going on. Yeah, it's a it's a total scam. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's part of a meme thing they're trying to do. So I got two clips, and one of them kind of sets up the other one, but I want to play them in this order. This is a little long, but this is from Pierce Morgan, and because I want to also deconstruct what Morgan says. He kind of sets up the whole, uh, you know, what, Baldwin's opinions of things, and then the second half of the clip, this part two of this clip, brings out this meme in great detail, and, and, there's, and I do have some comment about it. So play the Alec Baldwin lead-in on the false premise one that america remains a great country that america remains a country that is revered around the world still it can still be strong but it must go back perhaps to basics to manufacturing things president obama said the following in, in the speech during the great depression america built the hoover dam and the golden gate bridge after world war ii we connected our states with a system of highways Democratic and Republican administrations invested in great projects that benefited everybody, from the workers who built them to the businesses that still use them today. And that surely is the crux of the problem here, is that America's been in tough times before. You know, we're not in the Great Depression now, we're in a recession. It's not as bad as it was in the, in the 30s. And the way that America got itself out of that hole before was to build big things to, I guess, inspire people at the same time as creating jobs in its own country. Well, I think that the United States, I mean, I've said this uh, kind of uh, broad uh, uh, banner, I've waved this banner before in this kind of conversation where I say America is great in direct proportion with when we do great things and when we fought wars that it was clear who our enemy was and uh, that they were people that needed to be stopped from uh, their uh, aggression and so forth. Uh, in the last several decades, and you know, since through the 60s and 70s, and now during this period in the Middle East, uh, I'm not quite sure that the wars that America was fighting were uh, the best idea, and the amount of money, and the amount of American lives, and the amount of innocent civilian lives abroad that were killed, especially in the Middle East. Okay. Okay, now, let's couple things let's, before we go on. Uh, the first thing is little anti-war message in there which is totally off the topic but first let's the golden gate bridge and hoover dam and all these did not get us out of anything it was <laughs> world war ii okay so let's begin with some honesty here well, this is and, bullshit and, and can, and can i ask you a quick, thank you but the the golden gate bridge what did that do for us except connect uh, san francisco to to what 
Right, to nothing. Right. So, that, But here's the other thing about that highway thing. I have with me, uh, you know, all the highways. Oh, Eisenhower finished the job with the interstate highways. You have to read from, let's say I have a copy here, believe it or not, of the Locomotive Engineer's Journal from March 1941. Ah, some bedside reading. Uh, it's actually quite good. They go on and on about the highway. They've been, they started this highway thing as a scam to, to put these interstate. Why, what is the point of the interstate highway? So we could take nice vacations? No, it's for the trucking industry. That's all it was for. It was all it was for to begin with. The, the, the trucking industry uh, mob and their lobbyists pushed all this through to screw the railroads. The railroads had built their own tracks, except for that major track. In fact, even the the one at the beginning of the uh, during the Civil War, the railroads had put all these track beds in. They bought the property, they put the tracks in. They got yeah, they got the right of ways from the government sometimes, but they were the government wasn't putting the tracks in. It was the railroads because they were competing with each other. And then now the government is building all these roads for the truckers and the railroad guys. There's editorial after editorial after editorial from 1941 on until the they gave up bitching about the fact that the government is subsidizing the trucking business, which, by the way, if, if you want to look at the roots of the destruction of, the, of manufacturing in this country, this is part of it, because it decentralized everything, so you didn't have these hubs of manufacturing, you know, these manufacturing hubs like you once had, and they were, where everyone would go, and they knew how to, you know, you knew how to do the trading, that you would move things in and out inexpensively on rail, instead of now you have tr- trucks blocking the roads. Go to San Francisco, you can't, it's amazing you can get anything done, or New York City, where there's these trucks on all the public streets that are just blocked in the road it's just a complete disaster and it all began there wasn't a positive thing in other words to put these these roads in the way they were before, so i'm convinced that before you continue can i just tell you what i always heard about eisenhower's interstate system that it was also to land aircraft on in time of war that's what i always learned at school that would make sense and people still land on on the big interstates when they have <laughs> not, it. not 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 uh, not planned but yeah they do land on them. <laughs> that's what i always heard is like you know it's like they were built so that in particular ways so that if there was a war broke out we could land our aircraft on the interstate system i don't know these yeah, a, lot, a lot of these projects i mean napoleon the third did the same thing in france he built all these big boulevards that everyone just goes oh what a great boulevard those are only so the troops could come in and out of the town easily so a lot of this is military. I, that, that wouldn't surprise me in the least. But but the beneficiary of the whole thing were the truckers. That's it, period. Right. And uh, so I Pruitt. think that's what... Which is why I think that the railroads are trying get the government to put high-speed rail in so they can use it because cause they've already been screwed by by the government on this thing. So this is all bull crap. So let's... Okay, let's, but it sounds great. We can build yeah. another Hoover Dam, make yeah. a big project. Let Obama do it. He can't do it now. It's a little too late for that. Yep. So let's play part two, and now you get to out see the structure of the upcoming campaign. Do you think that President Obama has the, the, the gumption, I guess, to carry through what he said in this speech? Do you think he's actually going to start commissioning those kind of dreamy, inspirational projects, which will get the whole world gasping in awe? Well, I'm, I'm hopeful that he will, and, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, and, I'm, and that hope is based on the notion that presidents... Uh, regardless of party, have more flexibility or a perceived flexibility in their second term because there is no uh, possibility for re-election. Uh, many people uh, play their cards pretty close to the vest. 
and they play a rather conciliatory game, if not a kind of a, a zero-sum game, if you will, especially when the other party is in control of the Congress, in their first term, and then in their next term, they kind of let it rip. You know, they, they really let it fly on a philosophical basis because they uh, uh, they don't have to worry about running for office again. <laughs> Good one, okay, John. Good one. What bull crap? Let the, who, let's take, take a look at who most recently, because until uh, until Roosevelt, there was only you could do more than two terms. But there was a lot of two term presidents. And more recently, we have Eisenhower. Nixon was a two term president. What did we get from him when he let it cut loose? He had to resign because he screwed up so badly. What did Truman do uh, in a second term? What did Clinton do during a second term that let it cut loose? He got to cut loose. He what cut loose. He all right. He cut loose. <laughs> yeah, he cut loose with with Monica Lewinsky and got impeached. Yeah, and then we have Bush. What did he do? He collapsed the economy in his second term. I'm looking at these this example of where they got to cut loose in their second term. As let's don't reelect these guys, any of them. But no, this this stooge Alec Baldwin thinks it's a great idea because he gets to cut loose. Nobody is cut loose. There's no examples of it. He's full of shit. John C. Dvorak's pet peeve of the day. <clears throat> Bullshit, John. Oh, sorry. Little applause there. Very nice. Woo. Unfortunately, anyway, so we can we can be on the lookout for this crap. Well, unfortunately, you're wrong. That's that's the only sad thing, because, of course, uh, my prediction from the Red Book is uh, starting to come true with the announcement that was made just this past week. <laughs> but I will never forget the trust you place in me to be your voice. Thank you for your prayers and for giving me time to recover. I have more work to do on my recovery. So to do what is best for Arizona, I will step down this week. I'm getting better. Every day, my spirit is high. I will return, and we will work together for Arizona and this great country. Uh-huh. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you very Gabrielle much. Giffords in a Tom Hanks production. Could somebody please sound hound this music and tell me where it's from? The music is just beautiful. Listen to the big finish crescendo. Beautiful. I will return. Not just for Arizona, but for this great country, as I had already predicted that uh, this is the hedge from the Democratic Party uh, to have uh, Gabriel Giffords. And I know people will hate me for saying it, but I, I don't even believe she was shot in the head. I think the whole thing is one big theater and the Oscar award, the absolute best acting goes to Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Oh, who uh, this dur- was the most dis- disgusting display I've ever seen. And when was Wa- Wasserman? When was Debbie Wall- Wasserman Schultz even hanging around this woman? I didn't know that they were friends. She is- Wasserman Schultz is a phony. Meryl Streep, who did a fantastic job in Iron Lady, can go home because Debbie Wasserman Schultz she knows how to act. Here she is thanking Gabrielle Giffords as she stepped down in Congress this morning because I knew that I would not be able to hold it together very long. (laughs) I am so proud of my friend 
and it will always be one of the great treasures of my life <laughs> to have met Gabby Giffords and to have served with her <laughs> in this body. In my body. We have all been through such a tumultuous year. Yes. The nation has been through a tumultuous year. Yes. No one more tumultuous than Gabby and her family and her constituents in her beloved home city of Tucson, Arizona. Cue more tears. And I know being able to be Gabby's voice today. That's great. You're that doing great. Knowing her as well as I do. That Come on. The one thing that has not been said. Sniffle. There you is go. Is that Gabby wants her constituents to know. Her constituents who she loves so much in southern Arizona. That it has been the greatest professional privilege of her life to represent them. That she loves them as a fifth generation Tucsonian. Yes. That her Cry public more. service we need more has crying. Come on, you a, can do it, a Debbie. great deal to her. And that this is only a pause in that public service. And that she will return yes, one yes, day. Yes. Yes. To public service. Yes, as president. To represent them. Yes. As she has so capably for the last five and a half years. Uh, oh, we need more crying, Debbie. Come on. Come on, you can do it, girl. Come on. I'm talking on her IFB here. Come on, Debbie. A little more sniffling. Can we have some more tears? Wrap it up, girl. Come on, you can do it. Bring it home. And let me just say a point of personal privilege that for the last year, it has been one of the honors of my life and the most important thing to, yes. to remember. Yes. Think of puppies. Puppies no dying. No matter what we argue about here on this floor. Cats this being country, mangled. There is nothing more important than family. Beautiful. And friendship. Oh, beautiful. And that should be held on high above all else. And I will always carry that in my heart. And even though I know we won't see each other every day. Like, Gabby. All right, turn her <laughs> off. Now, I have one more clip. Because something else happened. Something very important happened in Arizona. Because, of course, the Obama administration knows what's going on. And, you know, we have already discussed that the Republicans and the Democrats want Obama out. But they're all very careful because, you know, they don't, you know, they don't back down from killing people. So here's what happened in Arizona with uh, uh, Jan Brewer. To presidential politics now and check out the intense body language in this photo. That's Arizona Governor Jan Brewer giving President Obama a piece of her mind as the president stepped off Air Force One at the Phoenix airport. Now, Brewer, a Republican, later explained the two exchanged words over her characterization in her new book of a White House meeting on immigration. Brewer said in that meeting she felt the president was condescending and patronizing towards her. Mr. Obama had thought the meeting was more cordial than that. Arizona's controversial immigration law is headed to the Supreme Court. Of course, that had nothing to do with it. What was really going on is she was pointing that finger at the president going, listen, douchebag, don't you realize that we've got Giffords all lined up? It's, she's all set to go. So no matter if we can't get the, a Republican in, we know who's going to be on, uh, on the inside. And it's not going to be you. We've already got the actors in place. It's done. I'm keeping my prediction firmly on the book, John. Hey, your prediction's still in play. And I'll give you another one. You heard about this. Uh, of course, everyone's talking about the big Pelosi secret. For those of you who haven't heard it, here she is talking to uh, John oh, King. Yeah, Pelosi's secret. Yeah, John King on CNN. Speaker Gingrich, what goes through your mind when you think about the possibility, which is more real today than it was a week or a month ago, that he would be the Republican nominee and that you could come back here next January or next February with a President Gingrich? <laughs> Let me just say this. That will never happen. Why? 
He's not going to be president of the United States. This is, uh, that's not going to happen. Let, let me just make my prediction and stand by it. It isn't going to happen. Why are you so sure? There's something I know. The Republicans, if they choose to nominate him, that's their prerogative. I don't even think that's going to happen. All right. Now, John, you and I, of course, have been television producers for many, many years. We have uh, produced all kinds of television, uh, reality television one being one of our fortes. Um, seeing as we have four people left on the island, uh, what would we typically do in a scenario like this? What is next in the script when you have four people on the island, but you still have quite a ways to go? Well, if you got quite a ways to go, then you got to stall the event. Yeah, we got to bring a new contestant on. Oh, usually you're bringing one. One of the old contestants, and so everyone goes, "Oh my God, that contestant! They, they weren't you kicked <laughs> off the island like eight episodes ago?" And it's always some evil person. Ah, uh, how about Jeb Bush? <laughs> Write it down. <coughs> Write it down. When you think about it, when you think about it, there's almost no delegates have been handed out. I mean, whoa, sorry, a little bit of wind here in Bonaire. Uh, you know, the big Super Tuesday is what it's all about. And all you need to do is do one big, huge, massive push in the media. I think, I really feel Jeb Bush is going to appear on the scene, and uh, he's going to enter the race. It's it's what I would do. It's a good script. Yeah, it's a perfect I, if I script. Was, if I was in the, produ- pro- in the uh, writer's meeting and you came up with this, I'd say, great idea. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's go with it. <laughs> Let's go with it. <laughs> There's nobody else. No. I mean, the only, the only other remote possibility is Chris Christie, who's also an evil character that you could bring in at the last minute. Yeah, but he... And he's he, also fat. He's already double booked for The Biggest Loser, so we can't, uh, we can't put him on this reality show. He already oh, has... that's a, a good point. That's a good point. He's already, <laughs> con, con, he already, already has a deal. committed to one of these guys. Yeah, yeah he already has a deal. He, the other no fat one. guy. <laughs> I really, I really, actually, in fact, I was, there were some other clues here. This is uh, the latest Rasmussen report, if you believe anything, but they dropped a clue. Um, the latest Rasmussen reports, national telefo- telephone surveys find that 33% of the voters think it would be good if a new candidate entered the presidential race on the Republican side. Yeah, there's our magic number 33, which means to me, it's time for Jeb Bush to start polishing the knob. It's time for him to step in. I mean, that's just a, a pure sign right there. Well, he was supposed to be the president, not the George W. Yeah, well, and he's probably waiting. Isn't he uh, still um, governor of Florida? No, no. He's long gone from governor, but he's, and he's gained a lot of weight. Oh. Which is a problem. He's gonna. Have to, I'll tell you that. Here, here's the giveaway. Because if he's gonna run, he's gonna have to get all his weight off. Because it doesn't make him look good. He's better looking thin. Right. He was actually getting fat with with a double chin. He was getting like you know he wasn't even recognizable. If he all of a sudden shows up, <clears throat> trimmed down anywhere, you see him anywhere doing a thing on Fox, uh-huh. doing something anywhere, and he's all trimmed down, looking good. That's the clue. That's the total. Right, right. Like, well, that's that's the check mark. Well, if you and I again, if we were producing it, we'd have already sent our personal trainers out there to get him in oh, yeah. shape. Yeah. They're working him out now. They're whipping him. <laughs> whip it, whip it, whip it, whip it. Can't eat that. <laughs> and then uh, another little. Uh, now, Aaron Burnett, of course, is uh, you know she's paid to be uh, a part of the reality show. Uh, this is how it works in television. 
And we're not doing too good with uh, with our ratings. I mean, the State of the Union was down 12.5% from last year. So, you know, we've really got to whip things up into shape. And she's talking to Jim DeMint. While, although he gives a glowing review to Ron Paul, particularly for the destruction of the Federal Reserve, she slips something in, which I'm like, what? And she actually... <laughs> She, she goats over it like, she's like, this is big news. This is hot news right off the press. Have a listen. You did say some nice things to the Daily Caller about Ron Paul. Oh, yeah. What's if we, the best if, thing if about we, Ron Paul? If we don't listen to Ron Paul's, just several things, Aaron. The unaccountable, out-of-control Federal Reserve is going to destroy our monetary system. The whole concept of individual liberty and limited government, I mean, that needs to be not only the core of the Republican Party, but American people need to realize that that's what makes us great. Not, not this central government collectivism that we've mm-hmm. moved towards now. So if Republicans don't listen to Ron Paul, um, we're going to have a divided party because the other half of the country that wants more from government is united and they're going to elect people who are going to promise more from government. You think there's any way you could uh, eventually have a ticket that had Ron Paul on it? Even if Romney was at the top of it? We we could. I don't, I don't know how that's going to end up and I'm not endorsing anyone so despite what the articles say uh, I'd feel good about any of them being elected. They all have their uh, good and bad points, uh, but um, they would all be a lot better than what we've gotten away. Before White we go, did right you now. know Mitt Romney was a Mexican? <laughs> Hello? John, just let me throw this out there. Did you know jo- that Mitt Romney is a Mexican? <laughs> what is that? You got me. That's the clip of the day. How can you beat that? Well, let's finish it off and then we'll play the jingle. <laughs> I don't know. Do you get <laughs> Yes, I don't want to get into I'm that. No, okay. Just, all right. Is, you mean, is this a birth certificate question? No, no, you got? it's not. I, I, we are going to be talking about it in a moment. It's actually a really neat story. You're going to have to stick around and hear it. Uh, okay. Uh, but thank you very much for coming on. Clip of the day. Aaron, a little more subtlety, please, when delivering the lines. I mean, what? <laughs> wow. All right. Hey, well, since we're on that track, play <laughs> Newt Gingrich is Newton Leroy McPherson. <laughs> oh, no. Whip it, whip it. <laughs> so we got people like Newt Gingrich, and I have got some inside information about Newt Gingrich. And I have a strange suspicion. The reason why Newt is so erratic um, and unpredictable uh, is that I, I believe that Newt Gingrich's father was a liberal, educated black man. <laughs> I do. I, you know, because he was raised by a stepfather. And I'm going to get to that in just a moment. I believe that Newt Gingrich's uh, real father was a liberal but educated black man. Because Newt's real name is Newton <laughs> Leroy. McPherson. That's what he was born. He was born Newton Leroy McPherson. Now listen, nobody on the planet names their children Leroy except black people. <laughs> <laughs> this, of course, is the Reverend Manning. Yes. <laughs> Do we need to play more? Does it go on? It gets funnier. Like nobody on the planet names their sons Hector except Hispanic people. <laughs> You, you nobody. You just don't. You, if you, if 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 your name is Hector, everybody know somewhere down the line you you Hispanic, homie, homie. But if <laughs> if we do we have that Haley Roy, do we have the if nobody on nobody on the planet 
except black people name their children Leroy. <laughs> now Newton's, that's why I call him, and that's why he's so erratic and unpredictable. Newt, I suspect, has a black liberal father. Newton Leroy McPherson is how he was, how he was born. Right. <laughs> Your mama <laughs> calling you, man. All right. Okay, 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 okay. Wait a minute. Is he doing shtick now, man? Yeah. <laughs> totally. What? Obama's behind whooping, 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 whooping with the Constitution. He is holy and totally ineligible. He's a criminal. Whoop him, Ron. Whoop him. Whoop him and whoop him and whoop him. Why don't we play that as an end of show clip? We'll play the whole Manning thing. It's like, yeah, like okay, play the whole thing because it goes on to Romney's also black. <laughs> this is great. Uh, well, no, Romney's a Mexican. That's a, did you know well, that? Apparently, he's a black Mexican. I don't know. <laughs> Ah, enter Jeb Bush, who will save the day for the reality show. And then we've got Gabby Giffords on the other side. I'm telling you, it's a perfect setup. We have not seen anything yet, ladies and gentlemen. We are only just beginning. We're in the first inning of a long overtime game. Yeah. Don't they have like 10 or 12 Extra more? innings. Sorry, 10, I don't want to say yeah. overtime. Aren't there 10 or 12 more uh, debates scheduled? Oh, yeah. It just keeps, I mean, I keep turning on the TV like, oh, crap, another debate. I didn't even know about it. It's just crazy. Oh, man, Manning. Oh, boy. He's awesome. So, yeah, uh, be good. it's a good end of show clip. Did you um, see this thing with John Kerry? No, I saw John Kerry uh, on some of these shows, but I didn't see it. the thing. What was he doing? Oh, that. Uh, well, he's got a black eye, a broken nose. You didn't hear about this? Oh, yeah, right. This is the... <laughs> The blue, yeah, I saw the picture of him. He's got a, yeah, supposedly a broken nose and two black eyes. It looks like it, but it doesn't look like, you know what it looks like to me? I mean, I don't know what your theory is. I mean, uh-huh. you think maybe the some I got, agency. Uh, I got it. I My got theory it. is that he had work done. Uh, no. Well, that's a good theory, by the way. And and I would, and first of all, no one's going to believe this hockey story. Right. Okay. You know, he, he broke his nose playing hockey. All right. Yeah, he got slammed. No. Uh, I would have agreed with the with the work done, although, I mean, I don't see where he had the work done. I mean, if it was an eye job. Well, an eye lift. An eye lift will give you two black eyes. Yeah. And a, a, nose job. Nose. a nose job will give you two black eyes, too. Yeah, um, I would. I connected the dots on this one. On the very same day, he shows up with, uh, with uh, black eyes and a broken nose. It turns out a former CIA officer was charged with disclosing the identity of a covert CIA officer and by telling journalists the name of an agency officer involved with the interrogation of alleged Al-Qaeda leader Abu Zabadeda. And this <laughs> guy... That? Yeah, who cares? This guy's name, uh, Kiraku, worked for John Kerry oh. at, at the Senate Foreign Relations Committee as an investigator. What happened is... The agency roughed him up. They said, you keep your guys in line, Carrie, and then they busted his nose. That could be. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not going to argue against that idea because it would make sense. And there's no reason you can't rough up these guys. I mean, uh, what are they going to do about it? Yeah. 
Oh, I'm you know, sorry. And they're I, shooting your wife or something. It's not going to be pleasant. No, but you know, it's, so it's, what do you it's, think Kerry did? I mean, did Kerry let this guy go off the reservation or encouraged yeah, him? Yeah. You think? Well, it was probably. I mean, he obviously knew the guy was working for him. You know, and the guy was working for him up until this happened. And all of a sudden, you know, the guy has to be disappeared because, you know, it's a, it's a felony to uh, disclose a CIA officer, uh, unless, of course, you know, you know, it's, yeah. out, it's out in the open. Uh, and I think, you know, we always talk about the CIA being out of control. I think they roughed him up. They said, listen, man, that's not cool. And don't you and don't you ever do, don't you ever let that happen again. Bop. You know, this is like the kid that shows up in school and says, yo, the ball hit me in the nose. No way. <laughs> exactly. No way. He got roughed up big time. Nah, well, it doesn't is... take much. One guy, one strong guy with a good right hook. Boom. You got a broken nose and, you know, then you walk out. You don't have to actually sit there and, and give, him, give him the once over with shots to the gut. Yeah. Just one strong broken nose punch. That would do it. Hey, you know what I forgot to do, John? Yeah, um, where, where are the witnesses to the, this hockey game? Yeah, I mean, when John Kerry is playing hockey, you know someone's got their iPhone. You know someone's, uh, someone's videotaping it. None yep. of it. Hey, I forgot to do our PR associates. I feel pretty bad about that. But, of course, because we had uh, almost no donors except for one night who always... And uh, an African night at that. Um, I did want to mention a few uh, PR activities that uh, took place, uh, as in... Uh, domain names that are now forwarding to the noagendashow.com website. We have um, arsonomics.com, which is uh, apparently uh, Kenneth Weir thinks that uh, could be a, uh, a new term, that uh, a meme that would crop up, arsonomics. I'm not quite sure about that, but uh, it's well, possible. It would, it would, I, I, I know what the term would mean as a, as a meme. It would refer to destroying things for economic gain. Right. So it, it would make sense. It could, uh, it, the history books might use it. So it might be useful in like 20 years or so. Yeah, so it's still, you yeah. know, it's an investment. Yeah. So <laughs> prepay GoDaddy, will you? Um, then we have UAVintheSea.com, as in unmanned aerial vehicle in the sea.com. Uh, a stretch again, but I'm, I'm liking it. Pat Deary actually came in with. Uh, Quite a number of, uh, of domain names. CensoredForYourPleasure.com, which is nice. Uh, InfiniteGrowthParadigm.com. TeachersWithBenefits.com. <laughs> uh, he's, uh, oh, CrackpotAndBuzzKill2016.com. PodcastOfCharacter.com. Very nice. TwoAmericansOneDrone.com. ConspiracyForOne.com and my favorite, GlutenFreeStrippers.com, which I think uh, will uh, definitely have some legs. And uh, then we have, uh, yeah, uh, JRJ. He says, uh, you know, you certainly were shown right about the mega upload bust. Uh, you guys mentioned today on the show you guys should uh, be in on this Super Pack gravy train. So I registered NoAgendaSuperPack.com. And I'm pointing it to Dvorak.org slash NA. And then I donated $60.06 to make sure the link was working. So uh, there you go. NoAgendaSuperPack.com, which I think is uh, fantastic. Uh, and all that, of course, uh, is not tax-free, but I do like the idea. And then the great news, and this is, uh, this is very exciting. Remember we had ReadNoAgenda.com on uh, the previous episode on, uh, on Sunday? We talked about this idea to transcribe. Yes, right. Yeah, to so have you, people. Tr- yeah. Right. So it worked. If you go to 376.ReadNoAgenda.com, 
Episode 376, the previous episode, has been transcribed in its entirety by our producers. Now searchable through Google, indexable, uh, and people who are deaf can, uh, can read the show. And uh, quite frankly, I, I'd lo- it's, it's through this technology called Fanscribed, which I'd never heard of. But wow, it's, that's, that's like, I'm blown away. And if we can keep that up, and these things usually tend to peter out after a while. Uh, but all it really takes is, uh, what is it, uh, 30 producers, 30 minutes, and then you're done, and then you've got it. It's, it that is a huge, huge benefit. Uh, and will give us lots of uh, lots of linkage and uh, and a history. Quite uh, quite honestly, I think it's really good. I'm I'm very proud of what our No Agenda family has done once again. What do you say? Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Of course, you can always go out and propagate the formula. That's one of the things everybody can participate our in. Formula is this: we go out, we hit people in the mouth. I'm very proud of all that. Oh, one more thing. We always have our producer, uh, Kevin, who uh, does the Obama State of the Union, State of the Union applauseometer. And he uh, timed it out. Did you yeah, see it that? wasn't radically different different in the past but it was different it was he's getting less of the opening applause that's for sure yes uh, total speech time 75 minutes in 2010 about 70 minutes in 2011 71 minutes in uh, this uh, this current year of our lord total applause Which, by t- the way by the way that's too long yeah yeah it is well it was the same script the speech should be 45 minutes max yeah well, they spent 24 minutes of applause in 2010, 19 minutes uh, in 2011, and 19 minutes and 45 seconds uh, this year. So that's what you get when you do the same script. You're going to get the same results. Yeah. Uh, however, if you, do the, if you do the real math, um, uh, this year 29% was wasted on applause. Last year 28% was wasted on applause. And in 2010, a whopping 33%, there's that magic number again, was wasted on applause. And we uh, do uh, <coughs> thank Kevin for keeping a, an, active, uh, an active rundown. And there's something I forgot to mention, uh, John, uh, which I forgot to mention on the last show. Just before I left, in fact, Miss Mickey was packing up the car. Uh, remember I told you that I had one of those Bed Bath & Beyond radioactive uh, oh, yeah. uh, tissue yes, holders? Right. So, a lot of people sent me uh, a similar link, apparently, and not only apparently, but I tried it. For Android, there is a a Geiger counter app, which uh, uses several of the sensors inside the Android phone, including the cameras, but you have to uh, put black tape over the cameras, and then you have to calibrate it. (laughs) I I kid you not. I, I calibrated it in a different room. Then I went into the studio where I have this thing, and alarms went off. It started. Wow. Sh- yeah, it was like whoop 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 whoop. I didn't have time to do any more testing. And by the way, Miss Mickey walked in and went, "Are you kidding me?" And like, no, 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 no don't worry about. It. I'm just testing something because she wants to throw them out. So uh, I've ordered the official Geiger counters, and uh, well, we'll we'll see. And, and how does this work, by the way? How can our government? who stops all kinds of bombs and has all kinds of scanning equipment, how can radioactive junk from China enter our country? 
How, I mean, is there no testing done at all? Are they just dumping their radioactive material uh, into products and shipping them to us? It's like, that's a handy way. I now wonder what else there is. If that, I mean, that's just one item that they caught. Who knows what, if, if, if that can get through, because they supposedly can pick up, you know, these minuscule amounts of radiation. And if that can get through... You know what I'm saying? Uh, Whoa. Yeah, I mean, the place could be contaminated. Now, what I'm saying is... Hey, citizen. Time for everybody to wear a dosimeter. Everybody should be wearing a dosimeter. Everywhere you go to see if you're not over-radiated. We're worried about these body scanners. If the products from China are just shipping in. I'm telling you, think about the scam. Like, you've got nuclear energy. Like, uh, hey, Qingdao, what are we going to do with this waste? I don't know. Bake it into the tissue holder. Send it to those stupid Americans. Yankee, here you go. <laughs> what a great way to get rid of your nuclear waste. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's, it's a fantastic idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, it could be in all kinds of things. What else? It could be in your iPhone for all you know. It could be radioactive. I don't use an iPhone for good yeah. reason. Yeah, me neither. Radioactive. You don't want to hold on to that at all. No, I'm just saying. Yeah, well, it's not good news, that's for sure. No. So, let's uh, see what else we got here. Uh, I do have, if you want to take a little real news break, I got a whole stand-up routine that I put together myself. And now, back to real news. Okay. Uh, let me a lot see. of these guys, a lot of these politicians think they're funny. Yeah. So, uh, John McCain's one of the worst. Oh. I mean, it's not as bad as that milk joke that... Uh, Obama did. What kind of bomb was that? Yeah. And but anyway, it's but John McCain when he gives speeches, he's always doing jokes. And so I have I took one of his speech, hour and a half long speech, and I I did about a three minute uh, uh, compilation of of all his material and and strung it together as though it was a stand up routine. And uh, I thought it'd be a nice little break here. So Nikki and Mitt know what's coming next, okay? There's two inmates in the chow line in the state prison. And one of them turns to the other one and says, the food was a lot better in here when you were governor. Who are these a-holes who are laughing that long? A bunch of veterans. That's crazy. Some states you can't tell that joke in. <laughs> anyone here from Illinois? <laughs> Our nation and the world uh, stands in their everlasting uh, debt. And myself, as you know, I was able to intercept a surface-to-air missile with my own airplane. Uh, which, was, which was no mean feat. Um, uh, uh, that was a McNamara's way of winning the war, as some of you uh, 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 may recall. Um, and also, I have to tell you, I've, you know, in a little straight talk here, when I graduated from the Naval Academy, I tried to get into the Marine Corps. But my parents were married. And so I'm sure that they can understand that. And so, 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 so after I lost uh, November of 2008, uh, I slept like a baby. Sleep two hours, wake up and cry. Sleep two hours, wake up and cry. So I, All right, I'll give him that but, one. 
after. If you know, I succeeded Barry Goldwater uh, in the United States Senate, and on election night when I was elected, Barry got a little nostalgic, and he said, you know, John, if I'd have been elected president in 1964 and beaten Lyndon Johnson, he said, you'd have never spent all those years in a Vietnamese prison camp. And I said, you're right, Barry. It would have been a Chinese prison camp. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Right. I'll be here all week. Yeah, well, that's pretty funny. I don't know. You know, it's like I wonder. You know, he. These are the jokes, by the way. I believe he tells all the time. Oh yeah, no, because I've is, heard him tell the joke about getting his plane hitting a, a missile. Yeah. Now my uh, uh, my uncle, uh, Uncle Don. Yeah. Now that he's uh, he's like eighty four, I think. Uh, he's starting to repeat some of the jokes that I've heard all my life. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, but he has some, he has some pretty good ones though. Uh, Tabajo. You want me to tell? You want me to tell an Uncle Don joke? Oh yeah! I mean, you should collect these jokes. So, so this is the uh, this is the Chinese, and uh, and they're uh, they want to do some uh, uh, some in- some intelligence work. Of course, intelligence joke, right? From Uncle Don. Uh, some intelligence work. They feel that uh, they need to understand American sports. Uh, to really be able to infiltrate into America. So he sends his spy. And Uncle Don does all the accents. I can't really do it. And it's like, you must go to America, and you must find out what sport they like so we can infiltrate them and understand. And the guy comes back, and he says, oh, like yes. a bad Japanese accent. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's Chinese. <laughs> I'll just do my accent, okay? Just pretend it's Uncle Don with a good Chinese accent. Yes, Supreme Leader, we have found uh, the, is two or three games. They have one game uh, called football, football. And with football, they take uh, egg made of pig skin. And then they throw ball and run to other side. Then he goes, Uncle Don elaborates. Then they have baseball. Baseball, they throw ball, man hit ball. Then they run around bags. And then everyone happy about home run. Then they have tobajo. Shitabajo is a game, a very, very complicated game. Shitabajo. How does Shitabajo work? Men go in wood with shtick and with little ball. And man, he tried to hit little ball with shtick. He missed and other man say, Shitabajo. <sighs> I know. Maybe we should have Uncle Don on the show. Yeah, probably. Yeah, bring Ed H two with you next time. TM. We had to record some of the jokes. Hey, um, let's talk about Iran for a second. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I've I've got a theory here, which uh, one of our producers actually handed to me almost. Uh, first of all, um, and I think if you look at the global picture and you see that uh, the elites are pretty much gearing up to crash the entire. Uh, global economy and you know i completely subscribe to that um i think that uh, you believe parts of it you certainly think that uh, europe is going to fall apart um but now with the most recent sanctions against the central bank of iran something very interesting is happening with my favorite precious metal here's the report 
India actually has already bought Iranian oil using gold instead of U.S. dollars. And this is extremely significant because every year India actually spends 12 billion U.S. dollars on Iranian oil. Um, and now actually Beijing is also saying that it might want to jump on board with New Delhi and also look into some sort of agreement with Iran to continue to get oil. Um, New Delhi and Beijing actually account for 40 percent of the imports of Iranian oil. The EU only counts for 20 percent. Um, obviously, we've been talking about all week about this oil embargo that the EU announced on Monday that they're hoping to roll out and put into place by July 1st. And obviously, if New Delhi and Beijing uh, find a way to continue trading with Iran using gold instead of U.S. dollars, this would uh, severely uh, hurt what the European Union and Washington is trying to do. Russia has also said that it wants to continue trading with Iran using domestic currencies instead of U.S. dollars. Obviously, the point of the EU oil embargo would be to bring Iran back to the negotiations table over its uh, nuclear program. Obviously, Iran has said, uh, consistently maintained that this is a peaceful nuclear program. Um, the West believes that they are potentially developing nuclear weapons. Uh, take a memo, John. Uh, remind our uh, producers at Russia today that they tell the uh, talent to stop using the word obviously. It's getting a little obvious, if you know what I mean. So Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, so the result of this is that gold, of course, now popped over uh, well over $1,700. If, I were, if you and I were producing this and we wanted to uh, destroy the entire economy and, of course, the uh, U.S. dollar to go along with it, we love to have lots of gold for the new currency, the new world currency, the global money that uh, we will put in its place. And I think this is a ramp up and it makes a lot of sense because who in their right mind doesn't understand that when you close down the central bank of a country who, you know, that trades in oil, that of course that's going to actually hurt the dollar and it's going to increase the value of gold. I mean, it isn't, isn't this like a, a very simple, obvious setup? I don't know. No. Yeah, it is. Here's what I, here's what I think. This, I, here's the script I would run. Since we obviously want to screw over Iran for one reason or another, I think a lot of it's still payback from the time that they stole our, our our embassy people, which was completely against all the international law. We've never really done anything about that. You cut them off from being able to trade in the dollar by screwing their central bank with essentially an act of war. Force them to... Uh, Buy or sell their uh, their oil for gold at a, and 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 in the process jack up the price of gold at maybe eighteen hundred dollars. Get them loaded up with the stuff and then pull the plug on the price of gold. Sink the price of gold, which will screw them over. They'll be end up selling their their oil for less than cost because they're going to be stuck with all this gold that's going to be worth less. Uh, I think that would be much more interesting uh, plan. Now I see. Well, I, that, yeah, but see, the reason you'll never listen to something like that is because, as far as you're concerned, gold's worth five thousand dollars an ounce, and, and it's just no. Underpriced. I've never said that. I said three thousand, and I and I believe right. I, I I have some more uh, data points here. This is Kyle Bass, uh, investor who was interviewed uh, just this past week, and here he is talking about his discussion with an Obama administration official about uh, what they're going to do to the dollar. How do you solve a problem where you're spending 10% of, you know, you're running a 10% fiscal deficit? You're not going to get growth in the absence of private sector 
credit demand. So the government's idea right now is we're going to export our way out of this. And yeah. when I asked a senior member of the Obama administration last week, how are we going to grow exports if we won't allow nominal wage deflation? And he says, we're just going to kill the dollar. And I yeah. said, okay. There you go. They're just going to kill the dollar. That's, that's, that is their plan, John. Their plan is to kill the dollar. Their plan is to have lots of gold on hand. That's why I think that's why it was down so much. Well, then why are we letting it accumulate in Iran? It makes no zero sense. What do you mean, letting the gold accumulate? accumulate? You, you'd think for a second that they're our actual enemy? I think they're all playing under the, under the same hat. What, Iran? Yes. Yeah, I'm not going to buy that one. Now, let me tell you, let me tell you what's going to happen next. So, of course, uh, the script continues. We have Iran threatening to close the Strait of Hormuz. Now, that won't actually happen. Which I believe is bullcrap. I don't think they really... Where's the real threat? I don't think no, so. No, no. They're not going to do it, but we need a false flag. Right? Right, which is why we have all those ships floating around. Let's take a look at these ships. And this is what uh, Citizen C. Mike helped me out with. We have a particular ship in the Straits of Hormuz. Now, everyone's looking at the Abe Lincoln. But let's look at the Big E. This is the USS Enterprise, which has also been sent to the Straits of Hormuz. This ship is supposed to be decommissioned in the next 60 days. It is an eight-reactor nuclear ship. Do you know what it takes to decommission eight nuclear reactors in a ship like that? Wouldn't it be kind of handy if we just blew that one up in the Straits of Hormuz? (laughs) Wouldn't that be, and I, thank you, C. Mike, you totally put me on to something. I am so believing this now. Why else would you send this thing over there? You don't like it. Well, I can't answer that question. I mean, I don't think that we're going to do a lot of air-to-air combat. No, but Uh, we, we need a false flag. We need, you know, we've done this before, and it's been admitted, right? We've blown up our own ships to start... Stuff. What was the? Uh, what's the most famous example? Well, remember the main. Yeah, the, the main, and the Nina, the Pinto, and the Santa Maria. I think uh, weren't they all blown up? Weren't they all false I flags? That you broke up. What was the other ones? Yeah, never mind. It was a bad joke. Yeah. Uh, no, we had. Uh, what was the other one? God is on my side. Come on. What was the other one? It was a very famous one. With Eisenhower. With uh, with wasn't that with Eisenhower? Sorry. Yeah. Come on. As if it's a famous false flag. Well, there's a lot of famous false flags. Yeah. I don't know the one during the Eisenhower administration. Uh, the, the the what the Gulf of Tonkin? What was that ship? That was during the Johnson administration. That was in Vietnam, and that was a uh, that was the Lusitania. Was that the Lusitania? No, no, no. The Lusitania is like World War One. Oh. The uh, the Gulf of Tonkin. It was a uh, the uh, it was a f- it, I don't know what they, we should actually. Sh- that was an attack, supposedly. I don't know that it was a ship sunk. Let's take a look. Yeah, I, I think the only thing left to do here is... the book of knowledge. That, I think, is what we need to do. The USS Liberty is what the... Uh, well, that was Pearl Harbor. Well, you're just mi- mis- mech- mixing up one thing after... I have no... The USS Maddox. The Maddox? Hmm. Nah, I'm just messing it all up. I, 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 you know. Yeah, you are. But anyway, keep the your eyes. USS eye on- Maddox. So the name's given to two separate confrontations. One actual now realized as non-existent. So it wasn't really a false flag. It was just bullshit. 
There's okay. a difference. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, the uh, false just flag. Lie about it. Yeah, they blew the town up. You know, there's no <laughs> false flag. It's just bullcrap. So there's, well, there's a, there's a, what's the difference really? False flag bullshit. It's the same thing. It, both of them work fine for me. Keep your eye on the USS Enterprise. It's also very symbolic because, you know, Captain Kirk, of course, uh, piloted the, uh, the the Starship Enterprise. It would be the perfect the perfect ship for a false flag. Well, it would be a nasty event, that's for sure. For one thing, that thing is huge. Yeah. And if that was anywhere near the Gulf of Hermuz. Well, it's in it there. Was, and it's sunk. Yeah, I know. And it's sunk there on fire or, or radioactive. I mean, it would be a disaster. There's no way they're going to try to pull that off. That's way too complicated. I don't know. They're, we we they're don't kill I, everybody. Yeah, you well, think they would kill our own people? No. There's no gambling going on here. Uh, yeah, don't don't get me started on that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm uh I I I was like, "Whoa, really?" I get in this more where that no, came I, from. I'm not I'm not convinced that they they wouldn't like to do something like that. But uh, we have so many insane people right now, John, in our in our government. So many insane maniacs. This will work. <laughs> they're, if they're beating up yeah, senators, like to be some of these meetings. Holy mackerel! Oh wow! What are you crazy? <laughs> can't do that. Well, the sure re- we can. We can get away with it too. Let me show you how. Well, you know the the reason. I'm just seeing all of this ramping up. We've got uh, Christine Lagarde. You know. Uh, the leatherhead is what I'll call her. You know, she's coming out and r- running around all over Europe saying, well, you know, it would be very easy to slip into a Great Depression. <laughs> we've got, we'll yeah, much. you know, we've got Soros saying, uh, we will have anger rising on the streets of America. It is going to be inevitable. I mean, why do these people do this? I think they do it because they're really low on the totem pole. I think they do it because they want to say, "See, I told you so. I had it in the red book." That's the only reason. They just want to be. They just want to be right, so they can emerge. Yeah, because as, then Soros can have another best-selling book. Yeah, so they can emerge later and say, "See, I told you. I called it, baby. I called it." That's what, that's the only reason. Because these people are idiots. Meanwhile, it actually really all, is all happening in Europe. We have. Uh, So a lot of people uh, emailed me this uh, NPR report. It was actually This American Life. Did you, uh, by any chance, hear this? No. So NPR, National Treasure, does a five-piece, or as they call, they they even call it Act 1, Act 2, Act 3, Act 4, Act 5, as to why we should care about the euro here in America. And I'll, I'll give you a synopsis. The way they laid out the story is, of course, what is completely true, that they changed all the money. Everyone had the euro. So, of course, Greece uh, had the same uh, uh, money valued the same way as the Germans had. And so countries like Greece and Portugal and Spain and Italy could go and borrow lots of money at low interest rates. And everybody did. And everyone built crazy stuff. And they soaked the EU. Now, we all agree on that. But what NPR says, and they don't actually answer this in the documentary which, or this piece, which is the key, key question, 
is how the uh, Bureau of Standards and Statistics, or whatever it's called in Greece, how they had a new guy come in, a technocrat, and he said, hey, wait a minute, you guys don't have 7.5% debt, you have 16% debt. And the way NPR spins the the story, which I think is the lie, is that this guy came in and found the truth. What I think is this guy was sent in to tell the lie and that maybe Greece never even had that horrible deficit because what they're saying is oh, everyone knew Greece was really bad everyone just believed the numbers they never checked on it and, uh, and it was oh well, we'll deal with that later I think this was so set up years and years and years ago this was all meant to happen John it was all meant to happen and it's going to go down the euro might actually as you predict implode but it's going to result in the United States of Europe, or Euroland, as we like to call it, I have a meme fest here from PIMCO. These are the guys who actually wrote all the bonds. Uh, this is the co-founder of PIMCO, right? PIMCO is the California company that, that uh, basically uh, does all the bond work, right? They, they arrange for all these loans through uh, sovereign bonds. Isn't that how it works? I, I'm, no. I mean, yes, but I'm not sure. I don't know the company, personally. It's a global investment company. I don't know that they're in California. Are they in California? Yes. North Beach. Hmm. And, uh, well, uh, oh, yeah, they're in Newport Beach. Newport okay. Beach. Newport yeah, Beach, right. I do know who they are. Well, mm-hmm. N- NPR actually says that they're the ones that wrote out uh, all of the bonds for, uh, for Greece, and then they sold all their bonds the minute this happened, and that's what made everything uh, basically topple and domino. So they're, they're blaming this squarely on PIMCO, based upon this technocrat who came in and who everyone says, oh, he was telling the truth, but I think the guy's a shill came in to tell the lie, and it may not be 16%. And now PIMCO, this guy comes out with a meme fest about the euro, which is just too funny. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, changing the laws uh, ex post is, is a pretty significant event. But uh, whether they changed the law or not, I think, Ali, uh, you know, Greece is going to default, whether explicitly or covertly via what they call voluntary agreements with creditors. I, I think what's important for investors to consider is that Greek haircuts are just an extreme form of ongoing solutions within Euroland and other developed country financial markets, primarily in Euroland, and and creditors are going to get haircuts via either principal loss in Greece or negative real interest rates in what we call the cleanest dirty shirt countries. This is... I love this. So not only is he using Euroland over and over again, which we love to use, but the new term is the dirtiest, no, the cleanest, dirtiest shirt. What the hell was it? What did he say? Play again. Let me listen again. Uh, Either principal loss in Greece or negative real interest rates in what we call the cleanest dirty shirt. The cleanest dirty shirt. The cleanest dirty shirt. And that's America, by the way. We're the cleanest dirty shirt. This is a great meme. I think you're going to hear this a lot. I like it. I like it. This guy's good. The cleanest dirty shirt. So he's saying that basically the whole world is going to come crumbling down because even the cleanest dirty shirt, which be the United States bond. By the time your bond matures at its you know one or two percent uh, uh, interest rate, which you know is the money you make, uh, inflation will have gone up. So you basically are at a negative in your investment. Countries, this is financial repression right. in a multitude of forms. It's going to be with us for years to come. Years to come. 
Well, I see Greece first, and it could be a month or two before they, uh, you know, give up the ghost and, and, and depart the zone. But other countries <laughs> give up the ghost. I love this guy as well. And, and you know, it's hard to pick on, uh, <laughs> you know, certain countries, but we know who they are. You know, now listen to the countries. We know who they are. Well, there's only one he doesn't mention: Portugal, uh, Spain, uh, perhaps. You know, these are countries, Ali, that can't get out from under uh, the burden of a uh, of a currency. For from which they can't devalue. You know, basically in Spain and Portugal and Greece, you know, their labor markets are extremely overvalued and typically what a country does is basically devalue its currency in order to make their products more competitive. They can't do that because the currency is controlled by Germany and uh, the euro is still relatively strong. Yeah, thank you for that uh, history uh, lesson in economics. Um, but he doesn't mention Italy. Which leads me to believe that Italy is the one that's on the brink. In fact, Italy has now uh, uh, come out and said they need a trillion euros. And this guy doesn't mention him. So that, to me, is very, very fishy. Well, there's something been, uh, that's been fishy about Italy since the beginning of the, uh, of the promotion of the euro. When they cha- did their exchange of euros per lira... They didn't do the math right. So everything immediately became more more costly in in Italy in such a weird way that I always thought that, I've always found that to be quite fishy. Uh, Things weren't cheap there anymore. It was just a whole economy was just switched over to this, like everything. It's like all of a sudden everything in the United States costing like 30% more just overnight for no reason. Well, a lot of countries did that. You know, the Netherlands, we saw the same. I was living there at the time. And uh, when they switched the euro from the guilder, and at the time, I think it was pegged at two guilders to the euro, so you would buy a cucumber for two guilders, and the next day you walked into the store, and it was like two euros. And I was like, what? It's just, they just put a euro sign in front of everything, and everyone knows it. Everyone knows this is what went on. It was, it was nuts. I mean, coffee is like five euros for a coffee, which is ten guilders. You tell people, it's like, I can't believe I'm buying a cup of coffee for ten guilders. It's just that happened. It happened here in Bonaire. It happened at the um, uh, last year when they when they went to the dollar. Same thing. It's just everyone just put a dollar sign in front of it. Okay, and they were using guilders here too. No, no, no. This is how you screw up the world. This is. I think this really. This thing has been going on for a long, long time. 1956. It was planned, and it's coming home to roost. And they're going to pull it off, John. They're actually going to pull it off. Yeah, but what are they? Ac- Accomplish. Just screw everybody. Well, I mean, if you've got all the money and the power, all, the only thing left to do is just watch the slaves and the grovel in the dirt. Well, they're going to get themselves. They're going to find a lot of people are going to find their their head on top of a stick. I don't know who they're kidding. Maybe in America because we all have guns, but I don't think anywhere else. Well, the Middle East has guns. Yeah, the man, Middle East. I'm not worried about this. This is this is about United States and the United States of Europe or Euroland. That this is the this is the, it's time for us to get screwed. And I and I, well, I don't know. It's, they're going to pull it off. We're we're already seeing it in our donations. No one's got money. <laughs> well, apparently. Let's uh, let's take a look at that for a second. It'll be a short. Want to show my support by donating to No Agenda? Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. We need more love. In the morning. Well, we do have some love. James Ogilvy and Sid. 
Simsbury, Connecticut, $111.11. I don't have any comment from him in the thing. It may be on the email. If it is, we'll read it later. Patrick Floyd lost Gatos, the lost the, the cat, the California, $99.99. Morning, John Nana. First time donor, semi long time boner. I'm a human resource who contributed that Monsanto and textbooks bit back in episode 251 regarding GMOs and biodiversity. I just want to show my support to you guys with some donation loving. I'd like a de-douching and a bit of karma to help me with some personal shite to get my food uh, slinging for retired shills at some MILF action. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. I'm As confused a, now. Yeah. What, he, he needs de-douching, karma, and some MILF action? I think he doesn't ask for He just wants MILF action. I don't think he wants to call anyone a MILF. So just do him a, give him a de-douching and a karma. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. And we'll leave it at that. Rudolph, uh, David Rudolph Baker, B-A-K-K-E, in Groningen. Groningen, Rudolf. Groningen. David Rudolf Bakker. Hey, citizen. From Groningen. Uh, $75 is a non-U.S. hey citizen. I can donate to Dr. Ron Paul's campaign, so I'll donate to No Agenda instead. Oh, no, he says he can't donate to Dr. Paul, so he'll donate to us. Could use some karma for my motorbike exam this Friday, and would still like to keep my apartment. <laughs> well, why don't we focus the karma on the apartment, then? I think that's probably important. You've got yeah, karma. Motorbike exams are easy. By the way, I Patrick's- got... Uh, go ahead. I'll, t- I'll tell you later. You got what? No, what? I'll, I'll tell you later. Don't worry about it. I'll tell you, you got later. got a motorcycle no, class? No, no. I'll tell you later. Patrick Sutton in Norfolk, Virginia. Uh-huh. 66-67. Dear John and Adam, I could really use a karma shout-out because I just got through a terrible week. First, someone sideswiped my car and ran off, so I had to buy a new rim and side mirror. Then I found out I owed my school a bunch of money. We talked about that earlier. And right as I get my car back, another tire blows out. Anyway, I could really appreciate it because I need this month to turn around. And, oh, can you call my friend Kyle out as a douchebag? Douchebag. He's been listening as long as I have and has never donated. And thanks for all the love. So give him a You've got karma. Wow. I wonder if he got those new rims that spin. <laughs> I love those rims. Those <laughs> are my favorite things ever. <laughs> Look at him, man. They're spinning. They're spinning, brother. Mayor Balzer in, uh, or Meyer, Mayor. Brooklyn, New York, 6666. The first show I listened to, 376, I first thought I was an MDA telethon. It sounded so pathetic. <laughs> All this money groveling. Didn't know if I should feel bad or what. Anyway, keep up the good work and buy yourselves a new mic or something. It sounds terrible compared to your Sunday gig. Keep it up. Keep it up. And a fan since PC Magazine. I guess that was directed at me. Well, uh, can, I ju- can I just say that, you know, we are doing the show during what should be a restful holiday. Instead, I spend all my time fighting evil, uh, doing show prep. But okay. Uh, you know, we're a pathetic MDA telethon. Here's some karma for you. Okay, Meyer? You thought karma. Wow. They didn't really want karma. No, I gave, I gave him karma because, you know, when you give the karma, you get it back. Eric Nagel in Bunschoten Spackenberg. Bunschoten Spackenberg. Is he, that, where is that? That's Holland. Eric Nagel. Say it with me now. Eric Nagel. Eric Nagel. Bunschoten. 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 Spackenberg. Spackenberg. Very good. Mm. 
six double podcast license for listening to the greatest, pod, greatest podcast in the universe. What was it? How are you going to give him a double? You just put him on there. Yeah. Joseph Jones, Redmond, Washington, $60.06 at Palindrome. A donation to Super, to no agenda, superpack.com. Carl, he's our friend uh, J- yes. Jones from uh, the Superpack right. guy. Yep. Privacycast.com. Please use that name instead of mine. Well, it's too late now. Jonathan Carpenter, Odessa, Texas, 5510, double nickels on the dime. Hey, citizen. Hey, citizen. In the morning, John and Adam. Greetings from the Drone Star State. Please accept this love. We got lots of memes here. Please yeah. accept this love. In addition to my usual monthly subscription amount, can I please get a shot of karma as a birthday shout out for the upcoming birth of my newest human resource, Canon Carpenter, which will occur this Sunday, January 29th, 2012. Thank you for the best podcast in the universe. We'll give him a, uh, a karma. You've got. Karma. And we'll give him a birthday later today, just in case it's, uh, it doesn't come out. It comes early. Susie Lawson, Bristol, Tennessee. Double nickels on the dime. Our 10th female listener. John and Adam, my citizen boyfriend and I, were a little bummed that we didn't get to catch the State of the Union on Tuesday. But then I remember, that's what you do so we don't have to. There's a little something. If you, if you heard the last one from 2011 or the one before that, you've already heard the State you've of the Union. It. Yeah. So here's a little something to say thanks for all you guys do. Uh, we appreciate it. That anonymous, uh, Mr. Anonymous in Baltimore, Maryland, double nickels on the dime. Uh, another double nickels on the dime. It was a year ago that I started donating. Also, some karma would be nice. Thanks for the great show. John, could you move to into the link with Fox Clear Channel and MSNBC as mentioned last week? Could you go more into the... Oh, yeah. I could do oh, that. you mean the, all the money link? All the Yeah, the I, I'm going to write that out as a, as a short white paper that, you, okay. you can, that I'll send out the, to people who are... Here's the karma. You've got karma. So if you're on the mailing list or uh, you want to see that, I'll do a white paper on this connection and I'll send it out to everyone on the mailing list. If you're not on the mailing list, please go to one of our sites and get on the mailing list, for God's sake. And by the way, you know, I, I, I thought for a second I'd take that MDA telethon as an insult, but have you ever seen how much money they raise on those things? Millions. Like a hundred million dollars. We, we yeah. should be walking funny. That's how you Leon get money. Car Cleveland, 5510. Uh, double nickels on a dime. Uh, Rory Stone, Sir Rory Stone to you is Rapid City, South Dakota. 55-10, double nickels on a dime in the morning. Uh, birthday karma for Eric East, one six twelve Douchebag, call out for him. Another non-donors from Sir Stone. Douchebag. Some karma for my birthday on one twenty six twelve twenty five years. If time allows, www.rorystone.com, personal photo site, and dakotabisonfurniture.com. Go check that out and see what it is. You've got karma. I think I've looked at DakotaBisonFurniture.com once before. They make stuff. Yeah, nice fur- nice uh, furniture made of bison, don't they? <laughs> Dead bison. Dead bison. There's nothing like it. <laughs> David, David Daniels, Dallas, Texas. 5412 in the morning, John and I'm recently... He suggested I look for unclaimed property, so I went to the Texas Unclaimed Property website. I performed a search on my name and found 5412 from my previous energy provider, so I'm sending you the proceeds. By the way, everyone should do this. you got money the state's holding. Hey, this is great. Wait a minute. This is fantastic. How does this work? I've never heard of this before. Uh, look, you're in a state, whatever state, California. You actually have to look up all the states. You'd be surprised what might be. I have some in New York, for example. Um, you go, you just go Google search unclaimed property state of California and you, and find this California state site. It would be an unclaimed property site. You type your name in there, maybe your social security number, and it comes up with a list of all this money that they're holding from closed bank accounts, of refunds you never picked up. God knows what. There's always about $1,000 in there and 
Wait a minute. So, so I, so I lived in New Jersey for uh, for twelve years. So you don't be there, really? Okay. Well, you yeah. do these donations. Let me see if I can pick up some money. Yeah, it might help. Well, he apparently uh, David Daniels found uh, fifty four dollars and twelve cents. Nice. Well, everyone should be doing this. This is a what a great. This is fantastic. Yeah, he says recommends all no agenda listeners to search for unclaimed property in their name and donate a portion of the proceeds. It's not. It's really good. Great idea. I give David a kudos for that. Shannon Atkins in Warren, Michigan, fifty fifty. Another token donation helps support the only podcast generally worth listening to. Keep up the good work, citizens. Uh, Hank uh, Hank Vevers in Lou Warden. Oh, come on, man. Hank Vavers. Vavers is what I said. In Leowarden. Leowarden. Hey, check it out. Adam Curry, New Jersey, 30 Glen Road. That's where I used to live. Reported by not disclosed. Amount not disclosed. Everyone else got like 100 bucks, but I have un- not disclosed. Oh, you, you might have a fortune there. <laughs> uh, let's see what it says. If you Wait, can anyway, ask- uh, Hank Vavers says burp. For some reason, let me get the rest of these. Then, then you can look that up. Okay. Okay, we got, the, and these are all fifty dollars donations from various people with no comments. Greg Steerly, uh, pe- uh, Sir P. Snakes, Peter Snakes, Peter Snakes in Amsterdam, Mike Bernstein in Bettendorf, Iowa, uh, Bozeman Sporting Goods in Wilmington, North Carolina, beautiful state. Probably a great store. And Peter Tote, Sir Peter Tote's from Parts Unknown, $50. And that will be our uh, donors for today's show, 377. I want to remind people to go to Dvorak.org slash NA or channel Dvorak.com slash NA and other sites to uh, help us out because this was a pretty grim. Dvorak.org slash NA. And uh, Miss Mickey would like to remind everybody that giving is loving and donating is love and well here giving it is is loving at givingloving.com so if i can find anything the wind is picked up here in bonaire if i can find anything john i'm going to i'm going to split it with you so here it is there's a state property id i've got an id number property type not disclosed reported by why is it not disclosed that's really weird it might actually be real property so, if the name listed is a deceased relative or friend, okay, no. All right, so yes, I can claim. I can claim. Click. This is exciting. Oh, now I have to do a, a state claim inquiry. Okay, well, I'll do that after the show. This, the you guys be- sounds screwy with yours. I've never seen that before. Usually, there's just an amount there, and then you have to... Then you have to go through the rigmarole, either getting it straight. Some of these processes involves getting a notarized signature. No, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to fill out my information, and then they're going to come and get me. Is they yeah, pro- they're they're probably like, you owe money, mother. You owe money. <laughs> I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to well, fill this it's out. It's a funny idea. I admire your paranoia, but that's not the, that, this operation wouldn't do that. They don't play that game that I know of. It's a great idea. Maybe you've given them an idea. I fi- it's well, like a phony lottery. You've won the lottery. Come by and pick it up, and then they arrest you. I'm worried about this. See, they want my first name, middle name, current address. Duh. And my and my social security number. This can't be. Yeah. This can't be good. You wow. sound like my mother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you. My mother did one of these 
thinks she had like a hundred bucks from some stock or something, and she refused to fill out anything. She thought it was a whole thing was a giant scam to get her. <laughs> Did your mom like go around and tell people to get off her lawn? <laughs> she had never. My, my mom. My mom's deceased, by the way. For anyone who was, yes. I'm not making fun of the living. No. So uh, <laughs> it's more fun to make fun of the dead. <laughs> my mom always would tear. She had these houses. She'd tear the lawn out and put in this just this these horrible shrubs that were just like invasive, essentially. So no, she never told people to get off. Because if you guys stepped in there, you'd be stuck in there. Oh, I came stuck in here. I can't get out. See, like bear traps and stuff. Uh, one uh, note from Jennifer. Hi, John and Adam. I'm hoping you can give my fabulous husband, Gary, some karma for a new job he starts on Monday. Uh, it took over a year to find a good fit, and I'm hoping it will be a rewarding change. He also celebrates his 51st birthday on Thursday. Uh, he shows infinite patience when I try and propagate the formula to our friends, which, of course, is always tough. Your show has completely changed the way we watch and read the news. And while it made us angrier people, <laughs> we'd much rather have uh, the well-lifted. Uh, oh, the, I'm sorry. We'd much rather have the veil lifted. Keep up the great work, says uh, Jennifer. So, uh, yes, of course, we'd be happy to do that. You've got karma. And we'll uh, go right into this. On no agenda. So we'll start off with Jennifer congratulating uh, her husband with his uh, birthday, his 51st. And of course, he just got some uh, brand new job karma. Jonathan Carpenter uh, congratulating in advance his baby, Cannon Carpenter, due uh, the end of the month. And Rory Stone uh, gives himself a big happy birthday wish. He turns 25 today. Happy birthday on behalf of all your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. And one more time to program your brain because we really need all the help we can get. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Because we just w- can't do a telethon. And I want to remind people, we should, and I want to remind, just in, in direct at our friend, I want to remind people that uh, if you go to Dvorak.org slash N-A, there is a mailing address for people who hate PayPal or they want to use some other system or they just want to send a check in or they want to do a deal. A lot of people have gone to their banks and they they do this payment system. The banks send a check to us uh, every week, every month, every whatever. And they doesn't cost anything. It, it, there's such a cheap service. Like the, the banks pay for the postage and everything. It's just a uh, time payment system. It's very interesting. And all the banks do it. I think you can if you have online banking, you can do it as well, right? And they'll, yeah. they'll just mail the check. And there's an address at Dvorak.org slash NA or noagendasuperpack.com. Uh, that is a very important, very important address to remember. Noagendasuperpack.com. Help us out with our 2016 bid. Are we still in the running for that? We should probably set a super pack up. Yeah, I mean, is it tax-free? Yeah. Really? You have to spend it on education, though, I think. Uh. Which means buying ads. Oh. Well, we can buy ads for people to give us money. There's rules. I'm just saying. Just a thought. Hey, MegaUpload.com Upload, Mega lost their uh, Robert Bennett, Clinton's defense attorney. I guess uh, that news wasn't supposed to leak out. And, uh, uh-huh. you know, he, uh, he defended Clinton and uh, McNamara, and uh, they all of a sudden came out and said, Oh, no, we've... Uh, Oh, uh, we've got a conflict of interest. We can't represent Mega Upload. And yeah, I, right. What conflict of interest? Yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> right. I know. Isn't it funny? What? What possible conflict of interest are we talking about? Well, they won't tell us. And now everyone's saying, yeah, man, the reason why uh, MegaUpload.com got busted is because they were coming out with an iTunes competitor. Yeah. R- oh, yeah. Right. That would have worked. <laughs> People really don't know how the music business works, do they? They really don't understand. Yeah, apparently not, no. no. I mean, and you're going to hear this. You're going to hear people speak with such high authority about, oh, yeah, because they had this great system. It was a complete iTunes killer, and that's why they got busted. No. They got busted to show you a lesson. And by the way, let me uh, uh, congratulate you, John, on being completely right about the open act, that now being pushed pushed the forefront, as predicted. SOPA, PIPA was just a smokescreen to bring out open. And in the background... This DNS sec thing, that is very troubling to me. Have you been following the, the secure no, DNS? About it. So the secure DNS system, uh, the way it's supposed to work is this is going to work with certificates, with security certificates. And we all know that there's been a couple of problems, uh, particularly in Gitmo Nation Lowlands, where the certificates, the Dutch government certificates, had been hacked by who, whoever knows who, who did it, but they were hacked. So certificates is a problem because you have to trust the person or the entity, the company that is issuing the certificate. So the way it works is when you type in like uh, noagendasuperpack.com, it's going to do a lookup on a DNS server, but it's going to do it in a secure fashion. If it doesn't get a proper uh, key, then it will try the next one and the next one and the next one, and it goes down the line until it finally gets a real authoritative DNS server that has the proper key, which is hackable. What happened just recently is, just to show how, how bad the system actually is, I think it's a single point of failure now, um, NASA.gov, on the day of the SOPA PIPA you know, explosion, everyone on Comcast could not get to NASA.gov because someone had misconfigured their key. So, <clears throat> therefore, if you were on Comcast, you couldn't get to NASA.gov. So it just shows you that the real power is all in ICANN. It's all in the DNS system. And I think people are just being misled. Everyone's running around looking at all these bills and everything. It doesn't mean anything. The technical infrastructure is being changed as we speak. And we've got to see who's going to replace Rod Beckstrom at the ICANN because that will be the shill that's going to completely push it through. I think you know you are genius in seeing the open act as the next one. We've got... Some, we've got uh, Kaiko, which is another act. Um, what does that stand for? Kaiko. It's the um, that's another blacklist combating online infringement and counterfeit act. Yeah, and there's also the one I think where the real damage is going to take place is the the, the, the child uh, the pornography the child uh, porno- anti child pornography bill, which that you can slip anything into that because no one can say anything. That's the scam, right? Is you create a pornography, a kitty porn in particular. Not just pornography. And if anybody objects to it, they're obviously yeah, a pro- pornographer. Sort of, yeah. You're a pornographer. They're a pervert or something. Yeah, you're in the kitty porn. Even though it may have some defense appropriation in it, for all you know. So, These bills, uh, especially when they're named certain, you know, the, the naming of the bills, the giveaway, that's a fraud. Right. Well, there's a lots of links in the show notes, which is part of the service we give to you, 377.nashownotes.com. Uh, you can read all about because Comcast actually released a very detailed report of what happened, and it was a uh, it was a I guess pretty much a legitimate mistake uh, that some techno expert made. Uh, so the key wasn't double signed with the old key or whatever. But then you see how it works. Then all of a sudden it's like Comcast, one of the largest uh, uh, ISPs in Gitmo Nation uh, proper here, 
just refused to resolve to nasa.gov. So it's showing you where the true power is, and it's not in these bills. It's a technical thing that's going to happen. Okay. Yeah. More more good news. <laughs> <laughs> so I was listening to, uh, I, I clipped this before, but I had to bring it back up because I, I every time I, I realized that I was always, uh, you know, talking about uh, Vivek Kundra is being full of crap. Yeah, but but his his buddy and they hang out together. That it, who hired him because it was is Anish Chopra. Yeah, and essentially uh, when Kundra was running uh, the Washington D.C. CTO thing, he hired Anish, and then when Anish got the job as the CIO CTO, whatever the hell he is in Washington, at, working for Obama, he hired Vivek. I mean, so it's just, they would hire each other. And let us point and, out. That when Vivek Kundra was running, I think he was running Virginia, it was his guys who were looking at the president's passport records. Remember yeah. that? It was his guys. Yeah. So he was involved in all of that. So he's an important dude, which is now why he's, where is he? Didn't he get some high, high-flying high job at, uh, um, ah, what's the, Salesforce, Salesforce.com. Yeah, he's a vice president of international sales or something. Yeah, it's just whatever. It's just yeah, it's something something amiss with that. So I took a couple of clips here where he's talking about one thing or another, and he's all giddy about Obama, Mich- Michelle Obama getting a Twitter account. Yeah. So I want to play these two things, and just to listen to this this guy, I realize he's just he's, he's better or worse than the other guy. Wait a minute, you have two clips. I had the wrong one. Yeah, I got up. Michelle Obama on Twitter, which I think is funny. You and want the other one is like, I don't, All right, which one do you want first? Twitter? Michelle Obama. Now, yeah. a, a more fun subject. Michelle yeah. Obama just started tweeting recently. Yes. President Obama already tweets. Is yes. this something that yes. you encourage, or is this all Michelle? Oh, well, uh, the country is finding new and creative ways to communicate. And we, like every other member of our society wish to have that conversation where people are. I'm a member of Twitter. I've got an account at Anish Chopra. Would love to get your engagement. We have accounts on other social media uh, uh, systems because we want to open up our government and make it easier for folks both to know what's happening in Washington and as well to hear from the American people in new and creative ways. Huh. He's, he, he throws all these buzz engagement folks. All this, you know, The guy should be working for Microsoft. He's just a flim-flammer, but play, I, I play this. It, I, wait a minute. I think our people should tweet him and say, I'd like to engage with you. This guy's an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Playing, well, if you think he's an idiot there, play this clip, which is, what is this guy saying? Because I, And then tell me when you're done listening to it, what he said. There are voluntary measures today to reduce the economic benefits accruing to illegal Internet pharmacies. There are voluntary transactions today to better educate consumers on how, uh, how and what they're doing if they were to visit one of these sites that are known to be uh, uh, that are, are in, the, in the spirit of the DMCA where you are uh, basically uh, found uh, to have potentially taken information that you shouldn't have. So we have today's Internet economy accepts voluntary industry standards activities to move forward on these key policy issues, be it privacy, intellectual property, and piracy. By the way, we are on record for this. In fact, uh, part of the responsibility I have for the president is to unleash a set of Internet policy principles in conjunction with countries affiliated with the OECD in June of this past year, we have embarked on a global effort. 34 countries have endorsed a set of Internet policy principles that 
engage in the openness of the internet while bringing people together in a voluntary industry standards consensus driven model to make progress on these policy important priorities for the country and the world I just threw up in my mouth it's like every buzzword imaginable. It's like that video of those two douchebags trying to, you know, convince this guy to invest in the company. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was missing the uh, attack vector dashboard. That's the only thing that he didn't throw in there. Yeah, you looked like, at the dashboard. But internet policy principle, what the hell does that even mean? Well, the chat room disagrees with my DNS statement, but that's, that's what I think he's alluding to. It's like, you know, the DNS sec thing. Everyone thinks this is great. But he, uh, Chopra's an no, idiot. He's really bad. Anyway, that's my uh, little aside for the... Uh, I have another one that I picked up. That This was one that actually uh, dug up from an old talk that uh, Obama gave at a prayer meeting. And I just thought it was kind of peculiar because of the of the there's a piece of information here that was kind of interesting to me but play the obama there's obama talking to a christian group and talking about how, how he's such a christian and, it was and uh, it, but he's got a little factoid in here that i thought was unusual oh, hold on a second i started it a little early let me try again and it was through that experience working with pastors and lay people trying to heal the wounds of hurting neighborhoods uh, that i came to know jesus christ for myself and embrace him as my Lord and Savior. <laughs> yeah. Now, that was over 20 years ago. Yeah, that's when I quit, too. Wait, 20 years ago? So how old is this guy? He's like what? Obama? He's 47? No, no, he's 50. Didn't he just have his 50th oh, yeah, birthday? Yeah, 50. You're right, 50. So at the age of 30, he had his uh, come to Jesus most meeting. At the age of 30, because at the most Christians that I know and most religious Americans, they were like kind of raised in some church or other. They, uh, there's not that many that at the age of 30, they're you know, agnostic or they, they go to Harvard, they go to all this high education, which reconfirms the you know basic atheism, which is what Obama we believe is. And so you graduate from college, you're like 22 years old, you go to work, you do all this stuff, and then eight years later, you're 30 and you now you, you've been, you convert out of the blue. This is bull crap. You know, this whole, uh, you know, I've been following the White House and Wall Street Insider from the uh, Alsterman Report, and one thing was made explicitly clear that, uh, and, and everyone in the Democratic Party knows it, that the Obamas are atheists, but they actually, behind closed doors, laugh about all the religious nuts. They actually laugh about them and make jokes. It's like a punchline for them. Oh, uh, that doesn't surprise me. I don't. I mean, if you hang out with enough, if you hang out with atheists, that's what they do. Yeah. Some of them don't, but a lot of them do. But they, they think get, it's hilarious. Oh, that yeah. guy's a religious nut. Yeah. <laughs> what a kook. <laughs> what a kook. <laughs> Speaking of the insider, so, uh, you know, I'm following all this stuff, right? Yeah. And so I'm, I know uh, you're following it, so I don't have to. That's right. You don't have to. Well, there's a lot of Googling because, and again, this may all be disinfo, but it's very, very interesting. And, and they yeah, know, it could be disinfo. Yeah, it could be. But what would be the point of it being disinfo? To keep us busy. Maybe people just do this. Keeping you busy. (laughs) Yeah, just like, listen, I got that idiot Curry to do Google for another day. What a douche. (laughs) So, 
Now Ulsterman talks to the Wall Street insider, who, of course, is referring to everything the White House insider said. <clears throat> and this is about the, the campaign finance scam. So the last time we left off, we had uh, this very important election in California for attorney general, and we had all, all of Feinstein's campaign money stolen, right? Yeah. And what the Wall Street insider is doing is pointing towards an entity formerly known as Shorebank. Now, Shorebank went bust in, uh, I think, 2010. I have all these links in the show notes, so again, so you don't have to, to go through the, the trouble of, uh, uh, of Googling all of this. But uh, Shorebank is a, was uh, originally located in Chicago. Uh, Obama's been involved with Shorebank for over 20 years, and I believe that Shorebank is the whitewashing operation. Um, so th- not only did they receive money from the uh, the bailout, uh, but they're also, of course, fully insured by the FDIC. But they went bust in 2010 and became the Urban Partnership Bank. So uh, uh, and they were acquired by, and this is what's kind of interesting, the investors. Here they come. American Express, Bank of America, Citigroup, Ford Foundation, GE Capital, J.P. Morgan Chase, Key Communication Development Corp., Morgan Stanley, Northern Trust, PNC Investment, Goldman Sachs, Wells Fargo, and former First Chicago executives who joined Shore Bank in recent months, who of course continue to run the bank. Now here's what's really interesting. They have a very large presence in Islamabad, Pakistan. Well, let me ask you a question before you continue. And I hope you get the answer as you continue. Why did President Clinton describe Shorebank as the most important bank in America? Because it's the whitewashing bank. That's where the money, that's how the money flows. It flows through that bank right into their personal accounts. These are the guys that do it. And of course, we know that. We, right, go on. Yeah, we know that Obama's working for Bush and, uh, and Clinton. There's nothing new there. So it's a round robin. This is how it works. And, and, uh, and these guys got bailout money. So it's like the money goes out on one side. It comes out through donations on the other side. Donations to the campaign. It's all going through again. We have a guy who worked with... Remember I uh, mentioned Pamela Geller? Uh, who was looking at all these donations at the, the campaign financing scam around Obama that kind of went away? He, I mean, he, it's, he has a database of all the institutions that were uh, giving Obama money. And, you know, everyone was just trying this out. They were, like, using European cards, trying to donate money to the the Obama campaign, but also to the McCain campaign. The McCain campaign would refuse a (coughs) European credit card. Obama's campaign, no problem, accepted. Anybody, as as a Brit, you could go in there, you could just donate money, and it would just go right through. And nothing, this was all hushed up. But this is really, I mean, I have no other news than this. I throw it out there, and I'm hoping we'll get some more of our producers on the trail of what's going on. But this uh, urban partnership bank, who have a a large presence in Islamabad, where, of course, you can also just go and deposit money. And look at all the the guys who are are running this joint, the, uh, the shareholders. Yeah, no, it's pretty pretty alarming, actually. Well, it's the, alarming uh, that no one else is. In, yeah, that's you just uh, well, sent a picture to Bank me. of America that nobody heard of. Yeah, 
Now you just the community you, development financial institutions. Are going oh to no! Stop at that! Stop at that! What does that mean? Nothing. Community, you know, it means they get government money, dude. All right, dude, 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 dude. dude. They get government money, dude, dude. That's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. Co-founders and affiliates have received numerous awards and honors, including from the. And why would you list this? Magazine's Fast Company, Business Ethics, U.S. News and World Report, University of Notre Dame, Mendoza College of Business, the Independent Community Bankers of America, Mayor Richard M. Daly of Chicago, the Chicagoland Chamber of Commerce, and Governor Ted Kuling. Goski of Oregon. Well, there's a guy we got to look into. Mm-hmm. Well, the insider goes on to say a couple of things. First of all, if you look at where their Washington, D.C.-based office is, it is right almost next to the Treasury. So here's kind of the conclusion. Uh, by the way, their slogan, I have it here somewhere. Their slogan is, of uh, of the Urban Partnership Bank, formerly known as Shore Bank, building an inclusive global financial system. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> so, what these guys are trying to point out is that if you look at uh, uh, G Street in Washington D.C., and you'd start around Nineteenth and you'd walk, and of course you can't walk straight across because you walk right into the White House, but you'd walk across it on the other side around Thirteenth and G. On one hand, you have the IMF, which, by the way, is not one building. It's two IMF buildings. You have IMF 1, IMF 2, of which 30% of these buildings is underground. There's thousands of people working there. You've got the World Bank. Those two buildings alone are larger than the White House and the Treasury combined. Just to give you an idea. And then on the other side, you've got the Treasury, the Federal Reserve... And this urban partnership bank. So the point they're making is that the that the the bankers who truly want to run the world are just surrounding our our um, our center of power. By the way, it was bigger than the White House, the Capitol, and the Treasury combined. I mean, these buildings are they're enormous. Go look at it on uh, on Google Earth. They're huge. It doesn't really doesn't really give us any more aha, uh-huh, but wow, you know this is where I think you know when you put all these things together, all these little dots. You take you know douchebag Lagarde. Yeah, it sounds like some sort of a like an elaborate money laundering operation. It reminds me of all those banks in Florida that that were doing so well during the cocaine cowboy era, yeah. and then once the crack down on it like bank after bank after bank after bank went out of business but think about it we've got pallets of money going over to afghanistan of course those are moved right to pakistan and then they're deposited into the bank and then from there they go and buy ads for uh, the president it seems like a perfect operation to me who well it sounds like a good idea i mean we remember the the, uh, in, uh, in Iraq, it's not like this is a new concept. Where we, there was palace billion, we lost what two or three billion dollars of cash money yeah. that went straight to Iraq and then disappeared. And everyone thinks there's a bunch of corruption in Iraq. Who's to say it didn't just come right, rocking right back through money transfers, coming back through one of these systems? Not this is pretty elaborate. And, for, and so, you got the president, and you got Bill Clinton, and all these guys talking about what a great operation this is. You got you know Obama's part of it. Uh, you can do get away with anything, and they are. And how does a Clinton? I was listening. 
think there's something about they're bitching and moaning about Romney's $41 million income or $25 million income. I think it's I guess it's 20 something. Uh, they're saying, well, Bill Clinton last year made, and I think the number was like $76 million doing what? Yeah. Payoff dude for getting Mark rich out of jail, letting him uh, go uh, run the largest oil company in the world. Uh, rich. Yeah. Yeah. Mark rich. Yeah, Mark Rich. He pardoned him. I'm sure that he owes Clinton oh, yeah. big time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, we're on the owing uh, topic here. Shadow Puppet Theater. Our favorite techno expert is getting his payback. Do you remember our friend Walid Gonim? <laughs> I tried to forget that one. <laughs> he was, of course, the Google employee who uh, tweeted the revolution. And he's uh, gotten his uh, payday as the mastermind. They're say, calling him the mastermind behind the uh, the Egyptian revolution in Tahrir Square. Uh, he is now, uh, he's got a book deal. And his book is out. You tweet you want a revolution. <sighs> they let him make up his own title, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So he got a yeah, big uh, Beatles fan. I, I hear. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he got his uh, his payoff there. Very nice. <laughs> it's so transparent. Now, what is, we're actually on the yesterday was the one year anniversary, and look how how well it all went. <laughs> Good job, everybody! Yay! Little applause yeah. for yourself. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. Yeah. Fantastic. Things are much better now. Uh, let's see. Um, I do have... Uh, this is our own little bit of real news here. I'll just play the jingle for you. And now, back to real news. Speaking of payoffs, you know that uh, someone was a shill when the following happens. By the way, uh, let this also be an example of the kind of talent that uh, John and I are against and really don't want on Russia today. Because this woman is popping up everywhere on RT, and she is the most annoying host ever. All right, so tonight we have a bit of a special edition of Mainstream Miss for you. You see, this morning, RT had some very big news to announce. That Julian Assange, founder of WikiLeaks, is going to be launching a talk show, which will be broadcast... Hey, can you stop for a second? Stop, stop, stop. This, you know who this sounds like? This is a... You're playing this in Russia today? Yeah. This sounds exactly, because I had a clip that I didn't use. This sounds exactly like Aaron Burnett. Exactly. Um, she's almost as annoying. You close your eyes, though. <clears throat> if I was, if I, you just played this to me and said it was Aaron Burnett, I, I would say, yeah, yeah, that's right. Seriously. Well, she has an accent thing that Aaron doesn't have, uh, and I think it's, but she, and she doesn't quite read the prompter well. Let me close my eyes and try it. Hold on. All right, so tonight we have a... You're right. Right there. It sounded just like her. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Bit of a special edition of mainstream mystery. Oh, you're so right. Uh, and she does that whole thing. A bit of a maybe she's emulating Aaron. Maybe Yeah, no, she's totally emulating her. Yeah, maybe Aaron. someone said, "Hey, listen, you know, we want you to be the Aaron Burnett of uh, Russia today." Uh, I will say she's she's uh she's some things are better that she has than Aaron. For you. You see, this morning, RT had some very big news to announce. Oh, wow. That Julian Assange, founder of WikiLeaks, is going to be launching a talk show, which will be broadcast by this network. And it's going to be called The World Tomorrow. It's going to consist of 10 weekly episodes where he interviews whom he calls iconoclasts, visionaries, and power insiders. Okay. Bullshit. There you go. 
Assange gets his payoff with a TV show on RT. I don't know which is worse, a book or a, or a show on Russia Today. Can you imagine? That guy is so boring. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he's going to be asking the questions? So imagine. Yeah. These guys got to get a clue. They're ruining their own station. They have some, some you know, credible... I mean, people believe some of the stuff they put out there. I don't know why they can't pull it, put it together. I, I think they're... I don't know. Russia TV? What do you expect? Yeah. All right, what else you got, Johnny boy? I think I'm pretty done. Really? Except for the long... We, we have the... Uh, well, no, actually, I got a newspaper here. Oh. Don't tell me. The, uh, it's not the Times, is it? Yeah, I wanted, there's a couple of things that are interesting. There's some messaging going on that I wanted to talk about. Uh, the Wednesday paper, a big, huge picture of Obama, making it look like he's reading his speech from a notes huh. because it's an over... It's an over for the shoulder shot down onto the podium. Right. And it takes up most to the front page. Uh, it's a huge photo and with a uh, message on the right saying, Obama sets goal of economy built for the long run. This is part of that meme again. To long run means right. you have to reelect him. Got it, got right? it. But I've heard some, <clears throat> I heard, um, when was it? Uh, a couple weeks ago, Chelsea Lately, which uh, Mickey really likes to watch Ch- Chelsea Lately. Chelsea Handler. Yeah, I know. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> Tell me about it. And uh, and she said exactly that. She said, look, we're, we're all going to reelect Obama because he deserves a shot to finish what he started. You're so right about that meme. That is the entire campaign right there. You're completely right. Well, if they bust it up by pointing it out and, and you know, kind of slamming the meme, I think, because Obama's tried memes before and then they get, they usually get busted by John Stewart or Colbert. Yeah, but no and one then cares. The no one cares. It's comedy. They no, laugh. No, the people who care are the people in Washington who say, oh, and then they, they decide to try something different. That's the point. It's not that the public cares. Oh, we're okay. the only ones not talking <laughs> to them. Right. We're the only and people that actually care. we're not talking to that many of them. <laughs> we, we're the only people that actually care. <laughs> so, uh, and then there's a little, just above the fold, very small, it says, for Romney's friendly code. Reduces taxes, which is the the tax meme to blast Romney to keep get him off the ticket. Um, then uh, there was a there's a little Egypt action on the front, but it's nothing new. Then today's paper, this morning's paper, has a bunch of uh, is an Egypt picture on the top of the fold with a bunch of people yelling, and they're yelling up and it's a funny picture because they're all everyone's yelling and they're yelling into the air. It's like they're yelling at about a let's see is. So it's like, like if you're standing in front of a 20-story building, you're yelling, you're, your head's lifted, and you're yelling to the 15th story of the building. Okay. So I don't know what they're yelling at. Are they yelling at a plane flying overhead? I have no idea. Yeah. But they're yelling about something, and it says a year later, Fisher's show, Fisher's as in Fisher, show in Egypt's incomplete revolution. And then... Now, the other two headlines in China, the human costs that are built into the iPad, they're blasting China over the iPad, trying to knock the stock of Apple down so they can get in. And Feds vow to keep rates near zero until late 2014, which I talked about earlier in the show. And this is an important meme, apparently, in the... Is uh, Is there any news on Syria in the New York Times? I haven't seen it. I've got the. Uh, there was something in one of these two papers. Oh, it hasn't been approved. It? No, it's still not approved. No, it has. It still hasn't been approved. No, there's a bunch of stuff about. There's a good article on A12 
on the, the, the apparently the second guy has developed an H5N1 flu, uh-huh. which is a problem. And then this is the new story that I think is somewhat suppressed. I mean, we haven't even talked about it. But this is on A8. Top of the fold, has got some guy in a kilt and a bare breast with his, uh, with the, written on his breast in lipstick, it looks like. Let me vote. Scottish leader sets timeline for referendum on independence. Oh. And the Scots want to break away from the uh, UK. From the, from the, oh, really? Well, you know, this is you know, huge. You know, Scotland, actually, they... Of, if you look at the UK, they bring in all the money. Did you know that? No. Yeah, yeah. I saw. Oh, let I me thought see. the British banks brought in all the money. Well, hold on a second. No, I, ha- I saw an article. Let me see. Let me Maybe see non-financial, they probably they might. No, wait. Whatever the case is, the Scots want out. And this is not being reported anywhere. This is Times article. It's the first time I've seen mention of it. It's on A8. And I, if it starts moving forward to the front page... We got a situation on our hands. I'm looking now because I remember there was there was an article I was reading, and maybe it was uh, maybe it was on Anger Fan, but they broke it down, and they broke it down by what Scotland actually brings into the UK, and I was I was blown away. It's like huge, and I oh man, I wish I could find that. Let me see. Uh, maybe we'll have something we'll have to. Uh, We'll have to discuss on the next show, but this is definitely homework. Uh, yeah, we will take a look at uh, the Scottish, Scottish situation in depth and see what the hell's really going on. Yeah, because there is a big deal before you even know it. Before the public even gets wind of it, it's like yeah. it's a buried story. It's but it's buried in such a way that I'm very suspicious. I'm going to look because I I remember I remember picking this story up. I remember looking at it and going, "Hey, that's interesting." But this was way before this whole uh, Scotland wants to break away from the UK thing. And that is a huge deal. That is very, very big. But of course, they've been kept dumb. You know, and, and uh, everyone has to think the Scots are dumb. We have a lot of uh, listeners in uh, Gitmo Nation East, uh, which uh, Scotland still belongs. You watch. You watch. Uh, what is uh, Mr. Oil is in on this, too. He's in the chat room now saying GB, GBP. want to... I don't know what that means. We'll get we'll get lots. Of, yeah, we'll get lots of email about this. Cool, that's a good one. What else? Anything else? Because I got a few things just to wrap it up. Okay, you can wrap. Um, drone Nation news. Lots of drone uh, stories coming out. Um, uh, you got the one where apparently the FAA has banned all private drones. Yes, but this is the interesting thing. We are so good to go for the Dvorak Curry Drone Corporation. And uh, there's actually a link to Autopilot, which you sent me, Autopilot International, which has all kinds of drones we can pick up. So the FAA is going to ban all drone flights unless you're a licensed pilot and you have an unmanned aerial vehicle on your license. So I already have helicopter and I already have fixed wing, single engine. So it wouldn't be hard for me to get the conversion. I already have the license. We're in business, John. We can quit this show finally and fly drones for a living. Right, and spy on people. <laughs> spy on people. This is good news. No, the, 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 there's a, I got a whole story about that in the show notes, 377.nashownotes.com. This is very, very big that the FAA is closing this down. Uh, and you'll have to be licensed. And let me tell you, getting your pilot's license, that's the only, li- that's the only test I ever achieved was that. So uh, we're good to go on that. 
you have to have a, a pilot's license to fly drones. So yay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm loving that. Anyway, um, looks like uh, uh, New York is uh, now experimenting with drones over the city. Surprise, surprise. Texas has canceled its drone program due to the cost of maintenance. That's nice to know. But the Department huh. of Homeland Security is really getting into a big time, and we found a, uh, a request. Well, it's not really a, It's a preliminary request for proposals, proposal for capability statements, i.e. a government contract. Department of Homeland Security wants to start what they call the WAASS, the Wide Area Aerial Surveillance System. So um, even though it's you know now it's like commonplace and everyone's laughing about it, drones over our skies twenty four seven, they'll be everywhere, and uh, we'll be uh, we'll just well we'll be playing win loser drone when we take out another American citizen. Yeah, and citizen. if you think that if you think that uh, some of the photos from the spy satellites and Google Earth and that were invasive. You haven't seen anything until you've seen these pictures from a drone at 5,000 feet. Yeah, from the Dvorak Curry Drone Corporation. <laughs> we're gonna, this, I'm telling you, man, this is it. This is where, this is where it's headed. I think, I think yeah, you might as well join it. I'm, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, wrapping it up with a quick beat, pedo bear segment. Uh, of course, Joe Paterno died uh, on Sunday. Uh, he was uh, complicit in covering up the Sandusky... Uh, Pedo Bear activities there at Penn State. A couple of magic numbers crop up. Joe Paterno's legacy remembered by the Big 33. Have you ever heard of this? No. Tell the me. The Big 33 is uh, the 33 best players now uh-huh. paying homage to uh, Joe Paterno. And our very own president <coughs> called uh, Joe Paterno's wife and his son Jade offers condolences for the family's loss. I found that to be interesting. Yeah, seems, especially since he's not really a football fan. Yeah, it seems to be like a controversial phone call to make. Don't you think? It's by our standards, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, by our standards. And then the one that uh, I, sa- I saved the best for last. Headline from KFI AM in uh, Los Angeles, joint military training exercises will be held evenings in downtown Los Angeles through Thursday, including military helicopters. Please don't be worried. This is just a drill. There will be uh, military personnel involved. I think they're gearing up for the unrest that is being called for. Why else would you have an earthquake? No, why? No, these are going to be. Come on, helicopters over downtown. Uh, Riots could break out. Riots, exactly. Yeah, from the earthquake. No, I, I think they. Well, I think they're getting ready for something else, but uh, I don't think it's uh, appropriate to have military exercises in uh, civilian areas. Don't we have like a whole thing against that? Not since the uh, national defense. It's authorization, Bill. Well, those guys don't wait for anything, do they? They just, hey, we got it signed. Let's move right in. See if we can pick up some uh, citizens. Let's see if we pick up some citizens and maybe rape a few people. <laughs> so, uh, your words, we not do mine. Have... <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, that's what the, yeah. yeah. So, uh, 
we do have the uh, long version of the uh, Manning clip coming up. I want to remind people to stay tuned for that. Yes. You'll hear about uh, more than Newt Gingrich. You'll hear about Romney being half black. And, and, uh, and I think we have a No Agenda producer update. Let me see. Uh, I don't know. We may not. <clears throat> I don't know. You should always listen to the stream. There's always good stuff there. Yeah. All right, and okay, uh, I will be back Sunday for uh, the show, and uh, we'll have good connectivity and uh, more media assassination. Please uh, help us out. Think of us. Giving is loving, and the best way to love hey. is to donate. Right, and think of the hours that go into I mean, you're getting a lot of hours from this. I mean, what today's show, two and a half hours. Well, that's just the time that I spend on the air. Forget about all the other time I'm spending yeah, on my vacation. Yeah, I have to spend the whole day in advance of the show. Yeah, well... All right. Who cares? It's a crisis. We can, we're going to be flying drones. That's our next Drones thing. are good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It, uh, coming to you from uh, a little place just 60 clicks north of uh, Hugo Chavez's Allo Presidente Studios and uh, trying to enjoy some of that liquid sunshine here on the Isle of Bonaire. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I remain, I'm John C. Dvorak. We will be back with you on Sunday right here on No Agenda. So we got people like Newt Gingrich, and I have got some inside information about Newt Gingrich. And I have a strange suspicion, the reason why Newt is so erratic um, and unpredictable uh, is that I, I believe that Newt Gingrich's father was a liberal, educated black man. I do. I, you know, because he was raised by a stepfather. And I'm going to get to that in just a moment. I believe that Newt Gingrich's uh, real father was a liberal but educated black man. Because Newt's real name is Newton Leroy McPherson. That's what he was born. He was born Newton. Leroy McPhear. Now listen, nobody on the planet names their children Leroy except black people. Just like nobody on the planet names their sons Hector except Hispanic people. You, you, nobody, you just don't, you, if, you, if, if, if your name is Hector, everybody know somewhere down the line, you, you Hispanic, homie. But if, if we, do we have that, hey Leroy, do we have the, if nobody on, nobody on the planet except black people name their children Leroy. Now Newton's, that's why I call him, and that's why he's so erratic and unpredictable. Newt, I suspect, has a black liberal father. Newton Leroy McPherson is how he was, how he was born. Hey Leroy, what? Your mama. <laughs> She's calling you, man. All right. Okay, 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 okay. All right. So, there you have it. Now, but that ain't all. That these candidates, because I, I want to... Mitt Romney? His name is Willard. Willard! I think that he's probably the son of a psycho. And that's why he acts the way he acts. So if you vote for, and I believe that I believe that Willard has some black 
blood in him too. If you if you if you watch Mitt Romney, his name is Willard Mitt Romney, and and of course his father, I, somewhere down the line, I think that the Romney's wives got in bed with the sleeping car porters on them long train trips from Michigan to Chicago, of Chicago to Boston. Remember the A. Philip Randolph group and all the, sh the sleeping car porters when the aviation uh, age took over and these politicians and wealthy people's wives used to take these long train rides from Chicago to LA and these sleeping car porters didn't have anything to do. The women were bored. It was a four-day train ride. And 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 Leroy, the black, you know, the black sleeping car porter, Leroy and Willard, they were there serving coffee and tea with their white jackets and their black pants on. And and Mrs. Romney uh, and and Mrs. McPherson took them in the in the sleeping car. These black men in the sleeping car. And so I'm here to tell you now that. If Newt became president, we'd have another half-black president. And if Willard became president, we'd have a second, we'd have even a third half-black president. And if Willard becomes president and he chooses Newt as his vice, we'll have a first, we'll have a second black president and a first uh, half-black president and a first half-black vice president, because I believe both of these men got black blood in their veins. Now, you know, I'm saying this satirically but I truly do believe that I, I do I do I do and I can find people in America right now can verify what we need to if you want to I mean I could probably have someone do this for me but I can find people in America right now who can verify that there are a whole lot of men uh, who are in the conservative and the liberal, who are in the lesser intelligent uh, democratic or the dumb blank, or in the conservative cursed color-struck region, whose father way back when, going back to the 1930s, was a black man. That's right. Put that in your pipe and smoke it for a while. I'm James David Manning. Obama ain't the only one that's uh, been miscegenated or as a product of it. Hey, citizen. What? Obama's behind whooping, 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 whooping with the Constitution. He is holy and totally ineligible. He's a criminal. Whoop him, Ron. Whoop him, whoop him, and whoop him, and whoop him. Dvorak.org slash N-A